hey, this was a good, this was a good podcast, guys. We did great this time. <laughs> <laughs> Look at us. Look at us. Oh. Fucking it up. <laughs> uh, I think that can be our intro. Hey, how you doing, Campbell? I, I'm doing. What's the word, baby bird? I'm doing great. <laughs> Love that for you. What does your sweater say? Um, everything hurts and I'm dying. I feel that. But in a fun font. <laughs> and isn't that it's just very life? Comfortable. <laughs> yeah. Love that but for you. Uh, you know, sans sweatshirt. I'm doing pretty good today. That's good. How was your uh, spring break? I'm jealous that you got one. Oh, I was very impressed. I got one too. Um, the only reason I did, I is because I had my candidacy exam literally at 4 p.m. the Friday before spring break. So um, all my my grad school committee was like, take a break, and I was like, I am already planning on it. Hey. So, but now school started back up. I'm teaching this term, um, and I am busier than ever. So I was really looking forward to this time with you all. Nice. Nice. I'm in the middle of moving, um, and it is again, ta- again, um, and it is taxing on the human body. But uh, we're yes. doing it. We're getting there. We're making it happen. Doing the thing. Doing the thing. Um, yeah. But there's someone else. There is someone else. A, a fun, a fun other laugh that you heard there at the beginning. Um, listeners, might I introduce you to the specialist once again. Once again, although technically also for the first time, um, the specialist of guesses, guests, guests, yes. Yeah, guests. My big sister, Jasmine. Hey, Jasmine. Love it. This is the crowd going wild. (sighs) Oh, you're so amazing. How's it going, Jasmine? Uh, how are you doing, Jazzy? Jazzy J. It's nice to be back, you know, and heard. Um, <laughs> we're, we're making a lot of jokes because Jasmine was on before. However, um, there is not audio of it. So round two, Correct. folks. Correct. Yeah. And with yeah, a different a movie, nice, a better movie. That's a very nice way of putting it. we had a great time though i thought like honestly i think it was some of our best discussions we've ever had but it's lost forever so it's fine good thing we do this for us and not anyone else yeah you know there was was some real gems in that last one you know like some real gems like you know it's it's fine but it's okay because now we're back with your actual favorite disney movie with my actual favorite movie the lion king yeah but we'll talk about that more in a second Raven, yep. question for you. Mm-hmm. What music have you been listening to recently? I have been listening to a lot of like new jams uh, on Spotify, like new R&B jams and like chill R&B jams. Um, so a lot of like Mooney Long, uh, Summer Walker. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce the artist name, but it's like N-O-1-Noah. I don't... I don't know if it's like Noi or something. I don't know how to pronounce it, but he's cool. Um, and Kenyon Dixon, I think is I think is probably one of my new favorite artists. Nice. Yeah. What about you, Campbell? I have been listening to a lot more country music. Ooh. I've been listening to a lot you. of Allison Cross. Like I've been her. listening to the Waylon Jennings, the Chicks. Nice. I've been listening to a lot of Billy Strings, which is like a pretty good, like you know country bluegrass like artists going on right now 
If you love a six-minute banjo solo in the middle of a song, <laughs> oh, boy, is Billy Strings for you. See, I used to not like bluegrass, um, but as I've gotten older, I appreciate it way more as, like, its own, like, genre. It's like how I consider, like, heavy metal music. Mm-hmm. Instrumentally, it just can't be beat. That's fair, actually. Heavy metal music is actually really good from, like, a, a, a pure music standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Jasmine? What do you listen to? Um, well, I am always good on my R&B. I've been trying to listen to a lot more, trying to pick out wedding songs and songs oh, yeah. I was actually just working on my sheet music for your wedding the other night. Yes. Yes, I'm so excited. I've been telling everybody, I'm like on a on a wedding blog, like a page on Love Facebook. And everybody's like, oh, you know, does anybody have like a harpist or a violinist? And I'm like, I have a violinist. Mm. And she's my sister. <laughs> and everybody's so jealous. And they're just like, oh, that's so lucky. And I'm just like, you're right. <laughs> no. That was like, that was like, mom used to always pit me out. Like in college, I would like randomly call her, and she'd be like, "Hey, you're coming home this weekend. I got you a gig." And I'm like, "I have class, but okay." Right. <laughs> that sounds like your mother. <laughs> so yeah, so I've been listening to like just a lot of songs to try to pick out for uh, for like our playlist and like how it's going to go. So you know me, I'm really old school, very R&B, very '80s hip hop. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I was going to throw in my Meg and Cardi, but I will say on the country music side recently, thanks to, um, (laughs) our father, Raven, I have been introduced (laughs) to country hip hop. Right. I don't know. It's kind of like the whole, um, what's dude's name? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like his genre or like what he started out with. I was gonna say father does not listen to Lil Nas X. No, he does not. (laughs) But he he dabbles in a lot of different things. I like him too. But I um so yeah, I've recently don't ask me any of the artist names. Like I don't know. (laughs) But I've recently been um introduced to that, and it is very interesting. I had to talk him out of putting it on my playlist only because I'm just not there yet. Um, you're on a musical journey you don't need to rush it you just need to enjoy it journey like it's just it's very interesting and i enjoyed some of the songs it was it was fun i love that for you i love that for you um okay yeah so getting into our musical of choice for this week um jasmine you requested that we do the lion king uh so let's just talk a little bit about like why you love the lion king you know like what made you want to do it for this one uh how you feel about it um, okay, so The Lion King came out like when I was three, I think. And yep. Yep. um and it was just one of like the first movies that I feel like I've ever remember watching um Aww. as a child. And it would it's just like resonated with me, like the whole just all the music was just amazing. Like, it's just a, mo- a movie that I just feel like I can watch anytime, no matter how I'm feeling. Like, it's so nostalgic. Like, of all the Disney movies, it's just, it's, it really just brings me to, like, a place of just family. And, mm-hmm. and you know, it has everything. It has, like, you know, civil rivalry. Like, it has civil, sibling rivalry. Like, it has, you know, your 
finding out who you are. And I know like a lot of these movies do that, but I mean, it's just, for some reason for me, it just spoke to me way more than like any of the other movies. And then plus it's animals. Like how do you just not like cute little baby, like cubs, like singing songs? Like yeah. you're being yeah. a monster to not like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty much where I am. It's just always been my favorite movie ever since the first time that I've seen it. And I think that was it. It's just one of the first movies I ever remember watching as a child and at such a young age. And the first time I cried, the first time I laughed, the first time I remember singing all the songs and getting the soundtrack to a Disney movie. Oh my gosh. The soundtrack <laughs> is amazing for this movie. So yeah. So that that's pretty much why this is just will always be my favorite movie that's fair yeah. i mean like lion king is is amazing like it's definitely for an entire generation honestly um i so formative honestly yeah. like it's it's definitely a classic and i feel like it, it kind of became that way like immediately um uh, we can talk about some of the like um i'll talk about some of like the the music development stuff like that at the end but in terms of reception like it like immediately went super high like it was the fourth best-selling um fourth best-selling album of 1994 on the Billboard 200 and the top-selling soundtrack um, for that entire year. And it made almost a billion dollars in revenue worldwide when it first hit the box office. Um, and it's still to this day like the only soundtrack for an animated film to be certified diamond, uh, which is like 10, like going platinum 10 times or something like that um, by the Recording Industry Association of America. So it's like, it's That's definitely super impressive. Yeah, no, it's like definitely a fantastic movie and soundtrack, um, largely because like all the different people that were involved with it. But um, yeah. a little bit about Lion King. So it is actually a sort of retelling, I guess, animated animal retelling of Shakespeare's Hamlet. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, but apparently was also influenced by the biblical stories of Joseph and Moses, which I did not know at all. Um, oh, I didn't know that either. I knew the Hamlet yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like that's everyone. Like everyone kind of knows that by now. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. So that's that's really cool. Um, and it's really interesting that I mean, of course, it's such a huge success. Yeah. But like originally, they didn't really think it was going to be as successful. They yeah. Were, they were making this the same time as Pocahontas, I believe. And yeah. so, and listeners, if you couldn't tell by now, we are talking about the 1994 animated one, not the 2019 or the millions of sequels yeah. um, that this movie has. But I will say, Lion King one and a half, fantastic. Oh, Lion King one and a half, so that funny. If y'all do that, I'll, I'll I sit and listen. Like, I, I actually... Yeah. No, I like Lion King 1 and a half, oh. but my favorite Lion King is actually Lion King 2, Simba's Pride. Simba's Pride. Which, yeah. like, no one watches. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, but, like... Kiara. <laughs> I mean, what... Those zebras went off, okay? Like... <laughs> I still sing that to this day. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Yeah. Raven, would you like to tell us what we are drinking then? Oh, yes. Okay. So we're still, I feel like anytime it's my time to pick the drink, we never have a, a name picked out yet because I'm terrible at naming drinks. I think it's fun but, to do it together. Yeah. So name is still incoming. We'll talk about that in a second. But uh, Campbell gave me the idea to do like a modified like whiskey sour. Um, and so this is a sort of 
a citrus forward whiskey sour. Um, so we have two ounces whiskey, two ounces lemon juice, um, and a classic whiskey sour has uh, egg white in it to like make it foamy and, and give it a little bit more thickness. Um, I despise the idea of consuming raw egg in any shape or form. So we were instead using a substance called aquafaba, which I didn't know was a thing, but it's apparently- and only you can find that. Like only- <laughs> Well, I used to work in the hummus business, so I, of oh, course, knew what aquafaba was. And uh, hummus <laughs> is is uh, relevant here because aquafaba is the liquid that comes like a can of chickpeas. Um, and it apparently is like the like the perfect substitute for egg white. Like it is like almost mm, an exact And like vegan dishes and baking and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, which is like Great in brownies. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's really good and stuff because like even in this like you can't really taste it. It just like kind of adds to the thickness and the foaminess. Yeah. Um, and then for syrup, um, I actually created uh, a ginger spice simple syrup that is of course water and sugar and then ginger, cinnamon, and nutmeg. And I used like fresh ginger root. And mm-hmm. for that, so good. Right, because I was trying to like, I was like, okay, well, like, I want to make something like with spices, because I always love spice and citrus together. Um, and so I was looking up like, what are some like common flavors that like are actually like also common in Africa and stuff like that? Like ginger, cinnamon, nutmeg exist everywhere, basically. So I was like, mm-hmm. those sound delicious together, and that is perfect. And then I made it, and I was like, this is crack. This is literally crack. <laughs> the, the syrup specifically, though, when I'm smelling it, it just smells like gingerbread. Yes. And, like, my boyfriend so and I oh have been gosh. making cider. I Ooh. want to use this syrup Ooh. in cider. Absolutely. Ginger ciders are good. Yeah. That would be really, I really good. Some. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll make you some. It's okay. <laughs> yes. Sure. So, for name, I'm thinking something along the lines of, like, uh, safari sour, or like I said, like sour on the Serengeti, but I feel like that's too long. What What about Serengeti sour? Campbell, that's exactly what I was about to say. Uh, or Sarabi sour. Sarabi Sura- to- sour. Sarabi sour. I like that. Oh, and then it's garnished with a lemon twist and sour gummy worms because obviously. Hakuna matata. Hakuna Slimy matata. yet satisfying. A Sarabi sour. Cool. Cheers. I like it. Cheers. Oh, Raven, this is delicious. Oh, you guys are so welcome. <laughs> oh, my, like, oh, my God, Raven, <laughs> I think this is the best drink you've made. And I was really nervous. So I'm like, there's no way I'm putting chickpea juice in my drink. That's why I added. is so good. That's why I added so much syrup and lemon juice. Cause I was like, I want to make sure I do not taste this liquid. <laughs> but it's really good. I uh-huh. do that. This is so good, Raven. Yeah. Look, and it's look very refreshing. It really is. Look where we've come from, like Don't our, talk about the our beginning the episodes. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not talking about there. I'm talking about like episodes, like one, like one through three. Oh like, yeah. Like one, I think for Anastasia, it was it basically was a rum and coke. like <laughs> it was a rum and coke, With and that's yeah. episode one. And now this is episode forty nine, uh-huh. and like look, look where ugh, I'm proud of us. I'm proud of you, Raven. Hi everyone, this is Raven and Campbell from Musicals, and we'd Hello. like to talk to you today about a nonprofit music education group that we are partnering with. Yep, we'd like to talk to you about Education Through Music. They partner with under-resourced schools to provide music as a core subject for all children. And they utilize music education as a catalyst to improve academic achievement, motivation for school, and self-confidence. 
Exactly. So they work with 52 different partner schools throughout New York City, um, and they work with them to institute sustainable music education programs by hiring qualified teachers, matching them with the school, and really equipping the teachers with the tools to succeed and be able to provide quality music education to all of the students attending that institution. So we think, you know, from this podcast, we think it's incredibly important to provide music education to all children, um, that everyone should have access to it to help, you know, really instill those lifelong passions that have been so influential for Campbell and I. So we believe that supporting this organization is the way you can support our podcast. Yep. And you can do so by going to give.etmonline.org slash boozicals. Again, that's give.etmonline.org slash boozicals. And yeah, you can really uh, help these kids if that's what you're into. Support the youths. Shut up. Don't don't, don't patronize me. Okay. Uh, I don't need you. Enjoy the episode. I'm done with this. Uh, The Lion King. Okay. I, we start off with Circle of Life. The and classic honestly, sunrise. Shout out to Carmen Twilly, the singing voice for Circle of Life. Well, before um, we who, get to the actual song, we hear the opening Zulu chant. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, so we see the sunrise. We hear that classic just like screaming <laughs> but uh so it is uh a chant in zulu which is one of many 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 african languages um being performed by uh libo m his name is libo hong morake uh but he goes like professionally as libo m um we're gonna talk uh, about him a little bit shut <laughs> uh we're gonna talk about him a little at the end because he's also like producer and composer and worked with hans zimmer on the score for this um but i am not going to say the Zulu because I do not speak that language and I would not get it correct. Um, instead, I will say the English. I so disrespectful at the age of three. <laughs> <laughs> we were all just Everyone out there. Was. We were all just <laughs> out there just saying random syllables. I if you're screaming was... loud enough, it's it, your heart is singing it, not like your the words you say. Your heart is singing it. And I think I was like, nine when i realized that was an actual language like i was just oh, like yeah. oh yeah. these are not just sounds that they're just saying it, this is- yeah for some reason it never <laughs> occurs to you they're like oh th- these are like people that are speaking a language these are people that are speaking their language <laughs> like saying their words. Words. you know what that's not our fault that's disney's fault that's disney's fault like they that's should disney's have, like, fault you should have included be, the translation you should have included the translation there yes. should have been a pamphlet or something in the vhs case that reads hey mm-hmm. This is a language, people. Please don't go around just screaming <laughs> just random, saying random sounds. <laughs> on the on the Lion King blanket that we all had on the back, should just like on the tag the like lyrics to. Oh, absolutely. This... Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm convinced everyone in the '90s had like Lion King apparel. Oh yeah. Or, oh fully. Oh yeah. 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 Especially, oh, especially if not, if not when the first thing came out, especially um, when like it came live, like the the live musical. Oh, version. we didn't even talk about that. It's fine. Like we can talk. Okay, about the there's game. also a Broadway show that everyone knows. That's also The Lion King. Yeah. Oh, and there's yeah, a 2019 live action version. Live action, loosely defined. I um I have a traumatizing story. Jasmine, we don't have to talk about it. It's okay. No, no it's okay. No, Jasmine. I think it should be. <laughs> I think it should be said since this is since this is my sister and it's very relevant. Okay, look, and I was not dis- I was not making the decisions I've for the waited, family at that time. I've wait- what was that? What what year was that? Like two thousand ten. 
I don't know, but all I know is I, I think it was about starting high school. Yeah. To come and say this, and I'm glad that I have the platform now. So back Good. in 2010, I will mute right? Raven. Oh Every- my gosh. <laughs> Everybody has always known that Lion King is my favorite movie. So that's why I don't use it for any of my security questions. So <laughs> the Lion King is my favorite movie. It has always been my favorite movie. And I was in college and I couldn't come home, but my family decided to go see the Lion King. <coughs> live. But, for, but, at least live. but at least your loving sisters would have brought this up and it, be like, hey, know, wait a second. At what point you would think that the sisters who you helped raise whose diapers you've changed, who you bottle fed, who you've gotten off the bus and took to their soccer practice and violin practices and orchestra practice. You would think that those wonderful sisters we, would, we were would chul- I had no agency in the family. Would text you <laughs> at least and say, hey, big sister who I love so much and I know you're going off doing great things in the world and for your country since you also are joining the army. You know we're going to go see your favorite movie live. <laughs> to, to- to the people and in service. At wow. no point, do oh you know gosh. how I found out? I came home and my mom goes, here's a mug from when we went to go see The Lion King live. And I was like, well, when was this? <laughs> and to this day, I hold this against, it's been 12 you, years. Say, you, can, you can see she hasn't let it go. <laughs> Good. Um, because they, they could have done any other movie, or they, they just could have told me. Like, but it was like it was it coming was... live to the Sandler Center. We were it, like... no, no, but that's that's fine, Raymond. But it'd be like, hey, I know you're out of town, but like this is coming here. If it was just like, hey, we're thinking of you, we'll get you something. And can I? That would have done so much. Want to know where? Okay, so my family is from Virginia. Okay, I went to school in Washington D.C. Oh, that's. Were five dollar bus tickets i could have gotten that's that's unacceptable so (laughs) much i could have done to make it to this affair and that was it they're like oh it was a last minute thing like we didn't last i am last minute away like (laughs) 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 there was no but you know it's fine and i've been to therapy and i'm working through it (laughs) i will say um this is a pattern of behavior for our parents because I spent my entire life begging to go to Great Wolf Lodge and within a year of me being out of the house, mom and dad went by themselves. Oh yeah, no, they definitely do that. <laughs> um, but this is definitely the translation of the Zulu chant. <laughs> yes, the translation. <laughs> <laughs> it translates to, um, here comes a lion, father. Oh yes, it's a lion. Then they repeat that, here comes a lion. Oh yes, it's a lion. Um, and then, like, a lion we're going to conquer, a lion and a leopard come to this open place. Um, and so it's basically meant to be, like, as far as I understand, it's meant to be sort of, like, just an introduction, like, introducing just, like, the premise of the story. Um, and, yeah, just saying, like, hey, in case you didn't know from the title, this is, in fact, a story about lions. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that's our, openings, our opening chant um, that everyone butchers any chance they yeah. get. Um, and then we then get into a circle of life sung by Carmen Twilly. A beautiful voice. Has been in a couple of musicals we've done so far. Oh, Campbell, don't uh, make me guess. The, I'm not going to get it. I'm not. I'm just going to tell you. Uh, she, it's part of the, she was in the chorus that Cats Don't Dance. Um, but she also played the undersea gal in Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh. You, oh, uh, was it, you make, uh. Flesh crawl and something ooze. Yeah. What line? Yeah, that's that's her. That's the 
sing mm. voice of Circle of Life. Oh, okay. I also yeah, really like super that. cool. That That's really cool. Yeah, it's Night Before Christmas is oh so good. Oh my god, now I have to go watch that. Indeed, you do. Um, I really love the animation um, in this scene. Like, I think something that this movie i mean there's still a lot of stuff like representation wise and like culture representation wise yeah. that this movie still does not quite get right because it was the 90s yeah. and it was disney but yeah. um one of the things i do really like about this movie is that it does a really great job of just capturing the wonder of nature and specifically the wonder of yeah. like certain african landscapes obviously africa is not a monolith geographically or culturally um but the animation of like the rivers the trees the the birds flying like it's just even just like later on in the movie like when it's just raining and you see the lightning striking it's just yeah. so beautiful everything yeah. in this movie i like how the animals look like animals personally indeed and not like weird uh cthulhuan lovecraftian horrors <laughs> yes. that speak and like and like you're saying um with like the scenery and backgrounds and stuff and like yes they, what this movie is not like a certain place in africa that this like takes place but it's a drawn inspiration from a lot of different places mm -hmm. um a lot of the like animals and characters uh, their natural habitats uh, can be found in kenya and tanzania um but there's the simba rocks you can find in the serengeti and uh, kenya's hellsgate national park was the inspiration for a, a lot of the landscapes of this movie oh that's really cool Wow. Yeah. Um, the, uh, and we can talk about, I guess, when we start talking about the characters, but while the opening chant was in Zulu, a lot of the characters' names are actually in Swahili. Swahili. So as we, yeah. as we get to them, we can talk about like what each of them mean. Um, but the, for the actual song, I really love like the choir in this. Like, I feel like it gives it oh, such, yeah. especially as it's going over the landscape and showing the nature, it just gives it this like, expansive, expansive, majestic sort of feeling. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's so, it makes you feel like the whole part of, like the whole big thing of the story is like with the circle of life and like, there's so much more than you to the world. And like, there's so much yeah. more yes. significance and importance. And like the music kind of mirrors that I feel like. And, like, yeah. what Jasmine was saying earlier, something, I haven't seen this movie in, year, like, such a long time. Yeah. And, like, with certain, like, musical cues and scores, I, like, felt things. I have, I, yeah. like, remember, like, I felt the first time I watched it. And, like, that kind of expansive, like, the world is bigger than you. I yeah. also found in another movie I saw as a kid... I think it's I think it's Disney, but did you ever watch the Rescuers Down Under? I've heard of it. I don't think I ever watched it. There's yeah. this one scene where there's I think it's like so they're down under there in Australia, and there's like little Australian boy is like riding like a golden eagle, and they're just like soaring through the skies, and the eagle looks super fluffy, and just like I remember me being a little kid, just being like, "Wow, there's an yeah. entire." planet around yeah. yeah 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 and i and i do think that like the thing that you all have talked about and uh, watching the lion king it was like it was something different too like you know i am all about disney princesses like i'm all about you know Belle and cinderella and snow white like i'm all about that life but it was just something that was just different. Like for the first time yeah. I've watched something that was 
different. And it was more than just, oh, like you just watching, uh, you know, this damsel in distress and <laughs> come up and get Best. saved by her prince and going through all these things with, you know, whatever her coming of life or coming of womanhood type situation. And yeah. with the Lion King, it was just something different. And no, I'm not saying I felt all this at three years yeah. old, but it was just, <laughs> it was just. No, say you did. That... You, 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 you were, you're smart. <laughs> Jasmine, you have you're, like the you're, highest EQ you're of You're better than other so. <laughs> you're, you're better than other people. Go, go for it. Say it. Do it. <laughs> but and it like, was. yeah, with this, the, the prince is the damsel in distress. And, and that's the just prince fun. the damsel is in distress. <laughs> that yeah. he saves and himself. It was just, it was something that was just so different. And, and it's like, every time I watch this movie, I just find a new reason to love it even more. Yeah. And I just, and like, even now is, like I said, it's always going to be like my number one, like top favorite movie, just because of all of that, like everything that it introduced to me as a child. And, and just like you all said, like the circle of life, everything that goes on the beginning of the movie. Like for me, I mean, we could have stopped after that. Like if that was the whole movie, <laughs> I would have been like, yes, the Lion yeah. King. <laughs> and like, I mean, I, like we'll talk about this. We'll mention it again at the very end, but it's just so cool. Like the theme of like circle of life. Yeah. Like the movie starts and ends the exact same way. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's cyclical. Um, and can we just talk about how at the end of the circle of life, when like they bring up a title and it's oh, like oh that drum beat boom yes oh, when the beat drops we talked about it King. we <laughs> talked about Every... it in Prince of Egypt I love a final like definitive yes. drum beat oh the Prince it's like of Egypt, it's that's my over jam. and yes. I'm like ooh yeah like I was like that literally it could have ended with that and I was been like and the other all the other stuff after that could be like part two and I would have still <laughs> like yeah. the circle of life could have been the whole movie and just. Doom. I'm like, yes, the Lion King. That's it. If That's it was like movie. a Planet Earth documentary, but Sacral Life is going on and like always rising the entire time, I'd yes. watch that. I'll watch that. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> so a lot of these animals are like coming up to like uh, the uh, King Lion, the mm -hmm. head of the uh, Pride? pack. Pride. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I don't know how I forgot it's that. literally called Pride um, Rock. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I forget sometimes. <laughs> feeling this whiskey sour. Um, Already, it is. It's primo. <laughs> um, it's so good, Raven. Oh my god. Oh, I, I do have a question, right quick. What whiskeys did y'all use? I used Maker's Mark, which is like a bourbon whiskey. I used uh, a rye whiskey that I got. It's um, it's from Crater Lake in Oregon. Yeah. So like a more like local rye whiskey. Yeah, I used this. Um, it's called like Whistle Pig. I've heard of that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get like totally off track. You're good. But I was interested Where... in what whiskeys y'all use because I go. So we have like this new fancy liquor store that just opened up and they always have little tastings and stuff and there's this one whiskey that they have and it's called whistle pig and it's very it the bottles are very expensive but they sell the little bottles and i tasted it and i was just like i'm not even like a whiskey drinker but they have mm -hmm. different kinds they have one that's like 12 years aged and 10 years aged and five years aged so it's like different ages and it is so good so nice. that's the one that i use if you, I'm not here to advertise, but also I'm here to advertise. No, do it. If you ever want to try it, it's definitely good. And if even if you're not like a big whiskey drinker, 
I enjoyed it very much. And so I just want to put that out there. Sweet. I love a good accessible whiskey. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> like the whiskey's... bottle is expensive. Like the bottle is like $100. Mm-hmm. But the little bottles, like everyone has like little bottles. They sell them in different sizes and different ages. Oh, that's cool. I like no. that. Because whiskey is an interesting thing. I like, I'm like not the biggest whiskey fan. Like yeah. I, I am never one to drink like straight like whiskey or bourbon. That's just not Disagree. really the kind of alcohol, alcohol I like. Yeah. Um, but I do like whiskey and a lot of like cocktails and things like yes. that. Um, so yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah, we're as much of an alcohol podcast as we are. As we are a music <laughs> podcast. We love it. So. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, so from... all the aminals are coming because Simba has been born. Has been born. The new uh, crown prince, so to speak, of uh, the Hamlet. lion pride. Yes, Hamlet himself. Um, has has come to the world through Sarabi. Um, and I think it's really interesting this um, the presentation of Simba to like the animal kingdom because granted it's not quite like this in real life, but um, I do I do think it's really cool how like throughout the movie you see that Mufasa and the lions do pay a certain sort of like, deference to the not deference but like respect to the other animals of the kingdom like it's not like we're the lions we're the big bad guys like don't mess with us blah 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 like they're just like no like you're you're a part of our world (laughs) they understand the a balanced ecosystem yes exactly and that's and scar (laughs) (laughs) what's up what's up (laughs) um and you know what i feel like that's the best way to go about things like that's the best like leadership style at least for me mm-hmm. um and i'm not saying the lion king like you know made my leadership style but it but like that definitely just once again it just resonates with me because as somebody like being in being in the military and the fact that i have been in, like all these leadership positions like everybody is not going to appreciate your leadership style like there's people that's going to be like oh like you need to be you know top everybody needs to know your top dollar first of all i've always been of the thing and this is what i appreciate about the lion king like i've always been of the mindset like if i have to go around and keep telling you i'm in charge then guess what (laughs) i'm not doing my job (laughs) yeah so the fact that they do like i definitely notice that too like the fact that they do walk around they pay everybody their respect like and this, and you realize, like, when you get in leadership positions, when you become, like, I've been, you know, an assistant manager of a store, like, I've been a company commander in the army, like, I, that's my leadership style, like, I just treat everybody with respect, and you realize that people will do pretty much anything for you, like, they would do their job, they would, if they're happy, and they're treated with respect, like, even if you're the lowest ranking person, like, there's no reason to treat you differently than i would treat like my peers it's like no like we're all still people at the end of the day like we're all yeah. still everybody has an important job to make this system yeah work. yeah and that's exactly yeah that's that's especially the important thing with like an ecosystem in a community is yeah. that like every person matters it's kind of like how like i always hate it when it comes to, like like okay so as an engineer especially an engineer that works in pharmaceutical manufacturing um I very often get from people like, oh, like that's such like 
a good job you such a, a good job like an important job and blah 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 and my thing is always like people always want their kids to become like well not all people but like a lot of people want their kids to become like doctors and lawyers and engineers so i'm just like we need tradespeople just as much, yeah. if not more, than we need professionals. Like we exactly. need, we need. We'll never not need mechanics. We'll never not need, uh, we need custodians. Teachers. We'll never not need teachers. We'll <laughs> never teachers. not need news anchors. We'll uh, never not need like. <laughs> quick television yeah. plug! Everyone watch Abbott Elementary. Ooh, we need fat. teachers. Oh my god! And teachers yeah, so need Abbott more Elementary funding. Is, teachers need more funding. Abbott Elementary they need more pay. is like honestly the best television show I've seen in a very. It's long so time. good. I'm like I freaking love that show. And I now Quinta. I want I just want to donate all of my funds to schools. Facts. <laughs> like, oh my back, gosh. Like, not to get totally off topic, but like just talking about we that show real time. quick. It's like I think about all of my teachers that like I've had growing up, and I would say like we grew up in a very in a very good school system. Like mm-hmm. I don't ever yeah. for Virginia has some of the top. Schools, so to speak, public yes. schools in the nation. Yeah, and it's just, it's, and then like to see like shows like that. Like I never remember, I don't ever remember a time where like I struggled for like resources in school. Like I just don't. I don't ever remember a time where we didn't, where we didn't have anything. Yeah, and to see those, and to see shows like this, it's like it really brings it to the forefront that like people really do have a hard time, and I feel like this show does a really great job of like showing that, but. Like that is my show. I love Abbott Elementary. That is that is yeah. awesome. But now okay. I just want to I, donate to like public school. <laughs> what do y'all need today? <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, listeners, uh, find there's plenty of like Amazon wish lists for teachers. Like, go find them if you got some extra yeah. cash. Like after your paycheck, and it is definitely needed. And I really yeah. like in the show that they highlight, like there's the one episode where, they, where they're talking about trying to get the discretionary funding for the next year. And they're just oh, like, yeah. yeah, if we can't get that, then uh, I think it's Mrs. Davidson who teaches the music class. She'll yeah. have to go basically because they won't yeah. be able to afford the music. Like they won't be able to afford some of their programs and music is usually the first one to go. So yeah. music uh, education for especially underprivileged children and school systems is really, really critical. Hence our partnership with Education Through Music, Mr. Holland's Opus, and the Daria Foundation. Hashtag always be plugging. (laughs) Always be plugging. (laughs) Like, I, and like stuff like this, it's really disheartening to see that like, that like programs like that are the first ones to get cut because it's like, I grew up playing the piano. I'm not at Raven yeah. status. Like, I kind of quit after college because I, I was I just... play, like, two songs. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I did. Like, I grew up playing the piano. And then, especially, you would think after all the research and everything that goes into how music education, like, helps you in so many just areas of your life, you would think that, like, people pay more attention to it and, like, take it more seriously. Yeah. But yeah. the fact that, like this is still a thing that like people just like, Oh, we don't need that. It's just what that doesn't even, it, it, I don't know. It's just really sad to like hear. Yeah. Like when I saw that scene, I was like, no, nothing new. That was my favorite class too. And like the fact that I was like the kids, like favorite class, like that was a class that a lot Every of kids loves it. Yeah. Look forward to. And I remember my music teacher to this day in elementary school, Miss Johns, like, I loved her class. We would play the recorder. Never had a little lamb. <laughs> we always play hot cross buns when I, when oh, I, yeah. back in my day. <laughs> we did back Ode to day. Joy. <laughs> but yes, it was, so yeah. 
that that that's a great <laughs> once again yeah. not trying to advertise for anything on here but have <laughs> a elementary go watch the kids <laughs> check it out the season's over you can watch all of it on hulu um, but yeah so yeah. let's back let's to back. lion king back, yeah. since uh we've only talked about one song kind of um <laughs> and it's the opening we're doing one. great <laughs> we're doing great uh, doing right great doing track. fine i do i do um, like after that drum beat when it goes to dark um it opens up and it's much one smaller and quieter scene but i think it's like really cool how like we were talking about how it's like all big and majestic and expansive and stuff like that and then it cuts to black and we open on literally the smallest creature a tiny little mouse a little sand mouse um, that Scar is a, is about to eat. Yes. Which, like, why? Like, I feel like for he's a lion... Hungry. Do you see how malnourished he looks? Yeah, but I feel like yeah. for a lion, a mouse wouldn't even be a snack. Like, it's just like, it's like swallowing your gum. Like, I just feel it's like... Something. But it's like when you be... Like, y'all watch Naked and Afraid? Like, you know how they go no. eat, like, cockroaches? People do it's that. Like you... That's correct. That's true. You get That's you true. Get. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Scar? then, yeah, we're yeah. introduced to Scar. Who, fun fact, oh, so something that we didn't mention, um, this movie, uh, The Story of the Lion King is also based on a children's book series called The Two Brothers, which was about Mufasa Two and Scar growing up. And in that story, before he got his Scar, Scar's original name was Taka, which I believe yeah. is Swahili for garbage. So yes. like there, it makes a little sense <laughs> that he yeah. turned out the way he did. <laughs> yeah, but we have our Claudius character Scar, who uh, is voiced by Jeremy Irons. Look at you knowing the Hamlet characters. Um, thanks. That's that's literally that and Ophelia are the only two. I, I thought you were gonna say that in um, Hamlet. <laughs> Oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, but there's also, uh, you, uh, alas, poor Yorick, I've kissed these lips uh, uh, upon these lips a thousand times. Mm-hmm. That's when Hamlet holds a skull not to be or not, not to be. Not to be or not to be. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's the old jester, Yorick, the fool. Jeremy Irons, uh, who has also oh, been um, in Dead Ringers. Um, he's been in uh, the new Watchmen show. He's played like Alfred in the Justice League movie. Yeah. Um, Life on Fire is the not- narrator for. He's in like a million things, mm-hmm. but his singing voice is not Jeremy Irons. His singing voice is Jim Cummings, who plays the dumb hyena Ed. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, That's Jim so Cummings, cool. who's also the voice of like Pooh Bear, Tigger, Ray from Princess oh. and the Frog, Pete. Huh antagonist to goofy um that's the singing voice of scar oh yeah and the and the it's all um, <laughs> the yeah it's all coming together i uh we'll talk about when we get there but i love scar's song um one i think it's one of the best villain songs ever uh one of the best Disney villain songs at least um scar is so sassy and i love I it point out something um mm-hmm. that i noticed growing up um, especially... I think I know. Not to make this, like, <laughs> a race thing, but especially... Make it a race thing. In the, in, <laughs> in the black honest. community, you know, like, we have a lot of colorism. Mm-hmm. And growing up, I didn't realize this. Literally, I really didn't realize it until I pretty much was going to college. And it is quite interesting that the bad lion is the darker is lion the brown one. <laughs> and the 
good lion is the lighter lion. So is it, and I know I'm, um, and I actually had to speak on this in one of my classes, um, in one of my English classes, because fortunately I was granted the opportunity to receive an English degree. Um, <laughs> and, Which and you talked about, you hate it. It's okay. We can, we can, it's fine. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, it, but the thing I did, I do like about the fact that I decided to have that degree is that it really does open your eyes a lot. Like when you talk about different literatures and different genres of literature, like it, it really does open your eyes to certain things. And one of the um, classes that I took was kind of a decolonism class, deconstructualism like class. Like decolonize like, your mind. Like yeah. Like yeah. And and I had to speak on this because Lion King has always been my favorite movie. And I brought this up in class when we were talking about kind of deconstructing certain movies and literature and how, you know, different, um, what's it called? Um, not tropes, but just um, uh, symbolism, like different mm-hmm. things like that. And, and just talking about how, like, you know, what are some some subtleties, some subliminal messages that, you know, they do put into movies. And really, it, it was pretty much in this class that I, we really went into depth on, you know, just kind of the the light versus dark situation, which yeah. you always see in all kind of movies. Like, there's always a yeah. light versus dark in a lot of these movies, um, no matter what the movie is. Um, but yes, I did find that interesting and it didn't really make me like the movie any less because once again it's disney they did their best <laughs> at well, see, the time in which they did it I but it, but i do find that interesting and this thing that you don't think about and also it just feeds into um kind of this uh just something that we've just been fed for generations and generations and you don't think anything's wrong with it like when you watch lion king you don't sit there and be like <gasps> that's a dark lion. Like, like <laughs> no, but it, but it's things that, you know, you absorb subliminally. Yeah. And so when you watch things, cause, cause if you continue to be fed these things, when you finally watch something and like the light is now the evil one and the dark is not, it doesn't feel right. Like you're just like, I don't know why this isn't right, but something's not right. Something feels it. wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I so think I don't know. I think it's interesting that you say that because for me, I actually noticed that as a kid, uh, because fun fact listeners, other than my mother, I'm the only dark skinned person in my immediate family. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. And so as a kid, like I was acutely aware of the fact that Scar was significantly darker than Mufasa. Cause I was like, Hey, yeah. it's like me and my sisters. Hey, why is he the evil one? Well, why am I the villain? Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. And I, I think I think um, this is something that I didn't realize until recently, but I think that was actually a big part of the reason that I liked Lion King 2 was my favorite mm-hmm. one. Because in Lion King 2, it is all about like, not Scar's heir, but effectively yeah. his successor. And all of the Outlander lions, um, uh, like kind of versus Simba's pride. It's referred to as Simba's pride, like the movies yeah. called liking to Simba's yeah. pride. And I, I really like that because there's literally a scene like Kiara, uh, Simba's daughter, marries basically Scar's adopted son, um, who is like he looks a lot like Scar. Um, and there's a scene where they're all fighting and Kiara literally says to, to Simba, like, he's like, oh, like it's us versus them or whatever like that. And she's like, 
look they like they are us like look at them like what do you mean we're the same you know and i think that was something i actually really liked about that movie because like i think i don't know if that was disney being self-aware of the trope that they had perpetuated um or if it was something else but like i i really like the fact that they that there was some attempt to be like hey this is not okay (laughs) you know yeah and and I think that's very interesting. I think that goes once again into just like how society is because yeah. like you notice that as a child, just because you notice that something that looked like you, so to speak, was being represented in a way that you're just like, wait, that don't make no sense. <laughs> why is that happening? <laughs> but like, for me, it was just like Lion King. Yeah. And then it until I got older, what I realized like, and I became more aware and, and I've always been aware of like colorism because our mother definitely like made sure that we understood like listen this is a thing and then like you witness it but still yeah. it's like you know it's like when you go on society and, like when we when you do talk about like colorism and like racism and people just like oh i've never noticed that and it's just like because you're it's not forcing your face it's not like, impacting it's you not directly it's yeah. not impacting you and yeah. and like when i was watching lion king it's just like i'm sure if i have like you know mufasa and like symbol like the bad lines i'm like wait a minute <laughs> but it's just like oh, okay this is how it's supposed to be and um so yeah i do find that interesting i do feel like when it's not like the thing that you feel like it's representing you and it's being represented in kind of a darker light you don't notice it as quickly you don't pick up on it as quickly because it's not impacting you because i can go on yeah. the world and yeah. people just like oh all the light things are always nice in movies and books and all that stuff. So I'm just living my life. But if I, I feel like if I was, you know, darker and I was like my sister's complexion, I would continuously notice that. I'd be like, dang y'all, like, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, and that, that happens do, a, it happens a lot. Yeah. Like, it, yeah, I don't know. I especially just, I in Disney movies. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Growing up, I was always like interested. I was like, why are all the villains like the flamboyant ones? Like that's... <laughs> Uh, Scar is definitely queer coded. I feel like. Oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so it's like Raven, you were like talking your perspective. I was just like, oh yeah, Scar is like, oh so sarcastic is how I thought of it in my closeted days during my straight phase. (laughs) Um, But yeah, but it's like it's the it's the same thing. Yeah, the Disney Um, villains are always queer coded. And once again, it's like that's another thing that like I never that like you know I didn't pick up on it till later because you know. I don't identify as that. So it's just like, it's just like, okay, I'm just living my life. Just out here. Yeah. Just being light-skinned and straight. Being Simba. Like. And you know what? To that, cheers. We should get another drink. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> okay. Real, real quick. So we see Scar in his cave. Mufasa comes to be like, yo. Voice by. James Earl Jones. Oh, my God. Oh, my James God. James Earl Jones. Uh, oh, my God. I live. I, I, everyone knows who James Earl Jones is. Darth but Vader. in case you don't and you're wrong, um, he also <laughs> played in 2019 Mufasa. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I uh, no, he was like, uh, he was Darth Vader. Yeah. Um, I remember Did him the first time. Like a thousand dollars something for that role. Like, it's like... ridiculous. Yeah. He like, but like now he has like royalty, like from multiple Star yeah. Wars movies and shows and stuff like that. Um, this is crazy. Yeah, he was the narrator in Third Rock from the Sun. But I remember yeah. him. He was Mr. Myrtle in the Sandlot. Hmm. 
And oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Also, he, he, was, he had the beast. Hercules. I believe, and I could be mistaken about this, but I believe growing up, James Earl Jones had a like severe speech impediment. Yeah. And he underwent yeah, like, he years of speech therapy, and that's part of why his voice is like that. Like, why he has that very, like, pronounced, like, deep, slow elocution. Yeah, because he oh, went through years and years of speech therapy for his impediment. Shout out to speech pathologist. Hey. Um, yeah, so Mufasa comes with Zazu. I don't know if we also want to talk about his... Zazu, uh, Hornbill, uh, his, like, you know, main bitch. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> played by Rowan Atkinson. Um, A.K.A. Who is Mr. Bean. Mr. Bean. Who was, who was uh, an educated electrical engineer, by the way. Yes, yes. he is. Yeah. <laughs> I would love so much fun on that guy. Wild. <laughs> oh um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so basically they come to him scar up and be like, "Yo, why the fuck weren't you at the presentation ceremony this morning?" And he's like, "Oh no, did I miss that? My bad." Um, and then they walk away and talk Careful. about how they would like to turn him into a throw rug and beat him. Uh, yeah. yeah, because he already it doesn't have power and an outcast, so yeah that's fine um and then we see rafiki happy, this uh oh yeah rafiki who, who is fun fact is not a baboon he is in fact a mandrel no, he's not. a mandrel he has a tail yes correct Baboons oh, um, mm-hmm. yeah rafiki is played by robert uh guillaume um who's been in big fish uh he played benson in benson and in soap on broadway he was on guys and dolls but he's also the first black actor to play the phantom in phantom of the opera Oh, interesting. Um, Also, because we were going to talk about uh, the the different names and stuff. Um, So Mufasa, I believe, means king. Rafiki Mm -hmm. means friend. We talked about Taka means garbage. That poor child. Um, And then Zazu, I don't know if I was just looking at the wrong translation, but Zazu is a uh, name of Hebrew origin, actually. That means movement. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. So we see Rafiki up in his tree, um, and he's like painting, like like he sees like a little picture of Simba, and like he does like spiritual readings. I don't know. He's, he's like a spiritual advisor. Yeah, he's like a prophetic shaman. advisor for it. Sh- yeah, yeah, shaman. That's the good word for it. Uh, and on that, let's go get another drink before we talk about everything the light touches. Yeah. Clink. Clink. So we're at Pride Rock. Um, It is early, early morning. We see Simba is living up to his age uh, and bothering (laughs) his parents before sunrise. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love the way, like, the scene opens with him just being like, Dad, 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 Hey, Dad, Hey, Dad, Dad, Hey, Hey, Dad, Dad. (laughs) And it's just like, yeah, that's... That's that's a toddler. That's that's them. Yeah. Um, Good old young Simba is played by Jonathan Taylor Thomas, um, yeah. who was uh, the middle child Randy in Home Improvement. He's been in the Wild Thornberries. He's been in like a million things. But the singing voice for young Simba is Jason Weaver, yes. who uh, in in 1992, the Jacksons and American Dream. He was Michael Jackson. That was my um, but movie. He was, yeah, he and he was also Marcus, TJ's older brother in Smart Guy. The smart huh. Guy. Yeah. And it's also interesting because, like, when he, like, did this movie, Disney was offering him just, like, a flat, like, $2 million 
with like no royalties but his mom's like absolutely not yeah let's yeah. negotiate royalties yeah and so like i mean it became such a huge hit like okay. he's gotten a pretty much that in royalties like since then but like those royalties aren't gonna stop exactly so, shout out stop. to jason weaver's mom who's just like yeah. no, smart lady absolutely not yeah like um, and then we also crazy. have i'm sorry Sarabi. i don't know it's just crazy that, no. like the two like the two characters that like the two people that like play Simba are like the kids that like I grew up with. Like you know what I'm saying? Like they were in like yeah. shows and things that like I grew up watching them and like they're like playing like my favorite character in my favorite movie. I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And then we also have Simba's mom, Sarabi, uh played by Madge Sinclair, who was I mean the Queen and Coming to America. I, yes. was, I need to watch that movie again. I just uh, watched number two. She was two. in Pros and Cons, Gabriel's Fire. But she also played Belle Reynolds in Roots, um, mm-hmm. the uh, docuseries. Um, incredible. Yeah. yeah. She's amazing. Um, and I love, so I always feel like people. she is such a, she's such a regal voice. Yeah. Like, there's something that's just yeah. so, like, to match Poised. James Earl Jones. Yes. <laughs> like you, you gotta yes. it has to be a, a worthy a worthy pairing and they be- yeah. they definitely fit each other. Yeah. Like Disney did a great job, like <laughs> with just the really casting, good. like with the voiceovers. It's just For sure. Oh, um, everything with Lion King just so, it just all came together. So we see um Mufasa takes Simba out and he's like, okay. Uh, I'm going to show you our entire kingdom. So, like, as the sun is rising, he's like, everything the light touches is basically our land. Like, that is our kingdom. Um, And, like, someday it's going to be yours. Like, and he talks about, like, the sun. Like, someday the sun will set on his time as ruler. And the sun will rise on Simba's time as ruler. Um, Which I think is a really cool, like, way to frame it. Um, Because, especially because they... They talk about it later, but they don't believe that, like, anyone is ever, like, r- really dead, especially the kings. Yeah. Like, they believe that the kings live on in the, in the stars, like, metaphorically, and, like, um, basically watch over you and, and provide guidance and advice and stuff like that. So I really like the way they frame um, that sort of passing on. Uh, yeah, situation. and the, the score behind this, I'm pretty sure Ugh. the piece is called This Land. Yeah, yeah um, I think so. Uh, Hans Zimmer. Um, and... When I heard this again for the first time, my body instinctively was just like, pay attention, this is important. Like, just just yeah. like, I haven't heard it yeah. for such a long time. It just completely moves you. Yeah. And and we're going to talk about it later, but like this, the score, the score in this movie is really, really beautiful, especially the way Hans Zimmer uses strings. Um, mm-hmm. in this movie, there's actually, uh, I'll talk about when we get there, but there's actually a scene later on that I believe was also the inspiration. I don't remember if Hans Zimmer did, he didn't, but, um, was also the inspiration for part of Black Panther's score for like, yeah. and, like the scenes actually mirror each other. So we'll talk, we'll talk about that when we get there. Um, yes. Uh, so here's my thing though. So Mufasa's mm-hmm. talking about the circle of life. And he's like, oh yeah, you know, like, you know, everything is like lives in balance and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, and Simba's like, okay, but we eat the antelope. So like, how, yeah. how is that kosher? And he's like, yeah, we eat the antelope, but then when we die, our bodies come to the grass and the antelope eat the grass. I'm like, but the antelope's bodies also become grass when they die. So I feel like 
It's not the oh. same. <laughs> Moral of the story, then, your ass is grass. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> your ass yeah. is grass, and I'm going to mow it. <laughs> Which, that's like, I can legit. never figure out if that's a threat or a sexual innuendo. I mean, it could be both. Four canola's dose. Why not the two? Um, that's really funny, though. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Um, and then Zazu arrives for the morning report. Of, oh my god, that's my jam. <laughs> in which Mufasa just straight up lets his son attack his chief advisor for shits and giggles. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. this is this is decent parenting. It's not very good leadership, I feel like. <laughs> no. I'm just bullying. And I love, how, I love how Zazu is just like, not again. And I was like, is this a regular occurrence, Zazu? Like, leave Zazu alone. He literally has ears on, like, your land at all times. At all times. That, like, time. gopher pop, pops up. And it's just like, I got a report for you. And he's just always, always working. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah. come on. Uh, and the fact that he fully he Mufasa was just like yeah yeah this is happening turn back around and he's like okay and it's like no Zazu you don't have to take this <laughs> and there's just so many animal puns in the morning report oh yeah uh, hippo with us uh, as angry as a hippo with the hernia fun love it I love liberation fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my god that was my jam I love that song yeah uh and then, yeah, so Mufasa and Zazu leave, and... Uh, oh, yeah, so there's... Um, Simba goes talking, there's something, like, to... There's something that happens uh, that Mufasa and, and Zazu have to, like, leave to take care of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Scar wastes exactly zero time trying to kill Simba. Um, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, Let's hey. kill that kid. <laughs> Fuck them kids. <laughs> Um, yeah, so <laughs> earlier with, like, the whole everything, like, touches, Simba was saying, like, oh, what about that shabby place over there? Which, like, Simba, that was not the point of this. He said, everything, like, touches, why are you talking about random stuff? Yeah, but I want that. But I want that. Um, so Scar's just like, oh, the shadowy place? Oh, you mustn't go there. It's so dangerous. Only the bravest of lions go there. And Simba, of course, like, takes the bait. It's honestly really sad how effectively Scar emotionally manipulates this child throughout the entire movie. And sad, not because it's Simba's fault, but because, like, Simba's a literal child and, like, obviously is vulnerable to Scar's manipulation. Oh, yeah, that too. (laughs) He's just dumb. (laughs) I mean, yeah, Simba's not, like, the brightest, but he's also a literal child, so... (laughs) Yeah, whatever. Um, Um, So then he's like, oh, I gotta go there. So he goes to find his friend... Nala, mm-hmm. um, who is getting a bath by as her mother, Serafina. Mm-hmm. Um, so her name. mom is voiced by Zoe Leader, who has one line in this movie and one line in Lion King 2. That's it. Amazing. <laughs> Young Nala is voiced by uh, Nikita Kalam Harris, um, and the singing voice is Laura Williams. Mm. But then I'll just say it now. Adults. Nala is played by Moira Kelly, Moira Kelly. Who, who's best in the West Wing, One Tree Hill. Um, but the singing voice is Sally Dworsky, uh, who is also the singing voice for Miriam in Prince of Egypt and Fiona in Shrek 1. Oh, the wow. ha 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 when like, the bird yeah, explodes. Yeah, yeah. Well, was it Cameron Sa- Diaz? No, it, no it's <laughs> Sally Dworsky. It's the singing voice of Nala. 
And like, also now the adult Simba, uh, the speaking voice is Matthew Broderick, who is Ferris Bueller, Leo Bloom yeah, and the producers, uh, Cooter Berger from 30 Rock. And then the singing voice is Joseph Williams, who's been in a bunch of things, but he's also a composer who's composed music for Felicity, Roswell, but he's also like, he was a music arranger for Star Wars Episode One, which I thought was cool. Huh, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. Amazing. Yeah, so was uh, like, so hey, Nala, let's go play somewhere. We're going to go to like, the watering hole. And she's like, who's going to be there? the watering hole? And he's like, bitch, if you just go along with the lie, I will tell you when we get there. <laughs> Um, and so Sarabi is just like, yeah, you can go. Yay. Zazu also has to go to Shabu. They're like, boo, yeah. Zazu sucks. <laughs> um, they're so mean to him. I mean, he is kind of like a prick, so but like, they're so mean to him. About the but same time, like, paid. Zazu is just doing his job. He's, he's doing his job, but he also like really cares. Like when Simba gets in trouble, he like he says to Simba before he takes his Nala home, he's like, Simba, good luck out there. Yeah. Like he really cares about yeah. him. <laughs> he's just yeah. trying to like literally just do his job. Um so as they're walking, we learn that the two of them are betrothed, um, and will someday be married. Uh affianced. Affianced. <laughs> Which is um, my new favorite word of all time. <laughs> Um, and we eventually get into the song, I Just Can't Wait to Be King, which is such a fun bop. Like, just yeah. so catchy. Um, and like the color, the animation immediately turns 90s into oh, yeah. whatever blanket, crew neck sweatshirt, <laughs> uh, t-shirt, hat, cup you got from a promotional thing at Burger King. Yep. That's the color That's that the, the color. screen is now. <laughs> I, I also feel like an alternate name of this song could be Zazu gets continuously and more creatively fucked. Because yeah. he just like, there's no way Zazu's not dead by the end of this musical sequence. We all agree on that, right? <laughs> yeah, so there's there's a lot of cool like little like emphasis and stuff that I love in this song. So like when um, they're running through like the elephant's like feet and yes. stuff and their steps are matching up with the drum beat. Yeah, uh, Just like little stuff like that. Boom. Doo, doo, I love doo, doo. that. Yeah, I love that. Uh, yeah, so I just I just can't wait to be king. Basically, Simba is talking about um, how basically the world's going to be his oyster once he's king. Like, he's a child. He doesn't understand all the stuff that goes into it. And that's fine. He's just having fun with his friend right now. Um, the thing that gets me is at the end, when Zazu is, one, under a rhino's butt, and again, dead, um because he's a tiny, tiny hornbill. Um, mm -hmm. They run off and Simba's like, oh, it worked. And I'm like, so you mean to tell me that a complex, yep. impromptu, wildlife choreographed musical number was your plan? Right. To get rid of Zazu? Well, it sounded like it was Nala's plan. That's true, actually. Nala, Nala does have the brains of this operation because it's yeah. definitely not Simba. <laughs> Um, yeah, I just I love the I love the I love the colors. I love how like big and flashy this scene is because mm -hmm. um, I feel like other than be prepared, which is like flashy in a different sense. Um, no, I feel That's like more it's, camp. Yeah, yeah, I feel like this is one of the few scenes that like you can get away with this, and like you always need one. You know what I mean? Yeah. You always need at least one of these scenes, especially in one bright, colorful thing, so kids go ooh, ooh, shiny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so then Simba and Nala run off to the elephant graveyard. And um, mm. yeah, which, oh, frick, I remember reading something about elephant graveyards, but I forget. Uh, but my understanding is that they do actually exist. Um, yeah, they do. They exist. Yeah. yeah I saw it on a National Geographic thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so they go and like, it's uh, basically where the hyenas like all hang out because, well, all the three we care about. <laughs> the three <laughs> about, and yeah. the three we care about are. We have, we already said Ed, mm-hmm. the dumb one. Yeah. Yeah. Played by Jim Cummings. Then we also have Bonsai, played by Cheech Marin of, you know, Cheech and Chong. That's why you were um, saying that yeah. earlier. Okay. Yeah, he's also been in a million things. Tin Cup, Cars, uh, Elena Avalor. Um, but then we also have the brains of the bunch, the the leader, the the queen of the hyenas, mm. uh, Shinzi, played by Whoopi, Whoopi fucking Goldberg. Goldberg. Yeah. Which, like, the episode we recorded before this was the 1997 Rogers Hamsfield uh, Cinderella with Whoopi Goldberg as the queen. Yes. Um, which, like, I don't know. We've talked about Whoopi Goldberg so much. We've also she's in so many, like, musicals. Like, she's in so many just, like... Sister yeah. Act is one of my top favorite movies of all time. Yeah. 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 Like, um, she's a, a gem. And she is in everything she is. Everything (laughs) everything she touches turns to gold. Uh, Yes, I agree with Jasmine. (laughs) She got to stop acting up, though. She got to calm down, okay? Relax. Is the view good for anyone? (laughs) Uh, My goodness. But no, Whoopi Goldberg is a gem. Like, what? She makes no flops. Comedian, yeah. 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 And I do really like the interpretation of laughing hyenas as like bit comedians. Like how they're just like they're just trading bit after bit, like joke after joke, one liners. Yeah. And I, I love it. Like out it. like in this movie, I feel like Raven, we would be the hyenas. Oh, for sure. That's not even a question. <laughs> now I'm having but, ideas for Photoshop. Perfect. Hey. Can I just point out how as a child, I didn't realize how big hyenas were. Dude, like, you they're first, massive. Like in this movie, didn't they seem like smaller than they actually are in real life? Yeah. Like yeah. I did not realize how big hyenas were until like I watched like documentaries. I'm just like, wait a minute. They're huge. <laughs> this is not how Lion King showed it. Right. Oh, also interesting voice acting related to hyenas. The lion roars. The hyenas, the actual hyena sounds, and the wildebeest were all voiced by a person. Oh my god! Oh, interesting. Frank wow. Welker. Hold on, I, I gotta Google that. No, I What's remember that because didn't he use? Because uh, some of the lion roars were tiger roars because they're actually more yeah. powerful than lion roars are. Yeah. And some of tiger them, roars. some of them were Frank Welker making the sound effect with like a, a metal trash can or something. Yes, yeah. it's like the combination wow. of those are like the big roars in this. Yeah. And Frank Welker, he's the original Fred in Scooby Doo. He like has now voiced Scooby Doo, um, oh, wow. Megatron. Um, he's played Ralph in Animaniacs. He voiced Curious George, um, incredible voice actor. Amazing. Especially, I don't know these voice actors that can like do animals. Like what the hell? Alan Tudyk, wow. where are you at? Yeah. Wow, it's amazing. Um, yeah, so Nala and Simba are trapped by these three hyenas. I 
absolutely <laughs> a love... cup sandwich. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so funny. I love the score. What are you calling Upid Upid stay? <laughs> oh yeah. When they're when they're chasing uh, Simba and Nala through the elephant graveyard, that sort of like shrill, frantic, like Halloween Town esque. Um, yeah. chase sequence music is so, and we, we see it come back later on. I think when Simba's being chased out of the Pride Lands, um, but yeah, it's just, it's so. That I might feel like be perfectly... this, that might be to die for, like a part oh, of. Oh yeah, no, no, it was it was. You're right. It was the will to be seen. You're maybe. correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. but I I just love the um, the like horror aspect of like those shrill like strings you know i mean like like the psycho effect and like all that stuff like it's just there's works i'm gonna look it up right now there's this very specific instrument that um plays all those noises in Mm. horror movies it's like one singular thing horror movie instrument Ooh, ooh. it is called um what is it called the water phone. I feel like I've heard of that. The what? The water phone? The water phone. It like, look, I'll share my screen. Yeah, let's, um, let's see. But it like see. looks really, really cool. Where? Oh, screen one. Share. Yeah, this is a water phone. And it's like, oh, can play wow. with a bow. You can hit it with a mallet. There's like the screeching, the metallic kind of like Wild. ringing. All of this can be played on a water phone that's so cool i should get one i now want one yeah we have that's to so interesting so anyway the the cubs are trapped and mufasa isn't fucking around nope um so they are running for their literal lives yeah, literal um lives. zazu also they try like zazu eventually catches up for them like right as they get to the elephant graveyard he, he's the one that went to go get mufasa that went to go get mufasa yeah, yeah. so he uh, flies off and goes to get goes to get him um and he shows up like literally at the la- like the 11th hour um to save them and thank god because that would have been a short ass movie Indeed. Um, or just a very different movie. They could have been in a whole different direction. Simba dies early. The they movie's about, child. like... The Simba's about like, Mufasa's like, grief. We could have gotten into, like, parent and parental trauma. Parental trauma. Yeah. And then they could have another child. No, be, just like, watching Kanto. We, it's fine. We know. Facts. So, now... I know. Back to our, back to our movie. Now I'm just <laughs> wait... I'm sure, I'm sure all of that's going to be cut out. Uh, <laughs> listeners, we just had a full... 10 minute conversation about Encanto an entirely different um, movie as it, as it happens um, but Lion King now so um, see, the Lion Cubs are saved yes and Mufasa obviously gets mad at Simba because he's just like you like I I gave you some very specific orders of you did the exact opposite of what I told you to do which like yeah Mufasa he's a toddler what do you want um, but uh so they go off and Mufasa's like, Zazu, take Nala home. I'm gonna deal with this little shit over here. Um, and we see some pretty some pretty direct symbolic inner imagery with uh, Simba's paw like falling into Mufasa's paw. And it's just like yeah. the, the sheer size difference. And like, I feel like this yeah. is the, I feel like this is the first moment. Like it's a very literal, like he has big shoes, paws to fill. Yeah. But I feel like it's also like, 
after I just can't wait to be king, this is the first moment where Simba's learning, like, this is what it means to be king, like being king. Because yeah. at one point he literally says like, oh, I thought we could, I thought being king meant you could do whatever you want. And yeah. is like, no, you have a responsibility to the people of your kingdom and, and to yourself, yeah. but you have a responsibility here. Like, direct imagery of um, maturity. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that and that also goes to like just regular life. Like how mm-hmm. often when you're little are you just like, oh, I can't wait to be grown up. I can't up. wait to be grown I up. To, <laughs> I can't wait to be an adult. And, you know, just like you said with the pause, like that was the perfect scene, the perfect imagery and the perfect representation and symbol to like yeah. show all of those things. It's like, no, like you have a long way to go. And it's more than just, oh, I can sit back and live my life and tell everybody what to do. Yeah. And that's, that is why I really, really love the dialogue of this scene. And I really love that they made, they made a choice to not have Mufasa just reprimand Simba, like just yell at him. The fact that he actually opened up to his son and said like, I was scared today. Like I was terrified at the thought of losing you. And that's a teaching moment. Exactly. And that's where my anger came from. Like, that's why I'm mad at you. That's why I didn't want you to go there. Not because I like, not because you're not brave, not because like, you know, whatever, but because like, that is a dangerous place for you to be. And you almost died. And one that would have been, you know, our successor line, but also like, I legitimately care about you and I want to make sure that you're safe. And if you had died just then, that would have been devastating for me and for our kingdom. But if we can also say, like, if our, I feel like if some of our parents were to do more of that. Yes. (laughs) Like, like, it would be totally different. Admit to your emotions. Admit to your emotions. Like, you're allowed to show emotions. We know, we see them. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing that, like, once again, like, you know, opening up in therapy, it's like, we've we've seen our parents emotion in a form of us being disciplined like yeah it's just like no like explain you know we never got a reason why it was never like this is why i'm doing this thing it was just like you did this and now you're being punished for it do you know why you're being punished not do you understand what this did to me yeah. as your parent? And that's the thing and is that children especially i'm oh, sorry children especially yeah. for a certain age like mentally do not comprehend event cause and effect so it's like it's like and that's why spanking is also ineffective and abusive because it's just like especially under a certain age like their their brain is physically incapable of understanding i did this wrong thing and now this is punishment as a consequence for that it's just like oh well now you're hitting me like it's you know um but yeah i I really like the fact that they took the time to actually show mufasa having a a true conversation with this child yeah and how like it actually ended in them having a bonding moment together it didn't end with like simba walking away crying it ended with them actually being able to reform that bond and grow together as a father and son. And that like for such a mainstream Disney movie, especially one of the few that has a young male protagonist and is a coming of Mm -hmm. age story for a young male. I think that's just like absolutely critical and just like so good that they took the time to show that. Yeah. 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 No, I agree. Um, And then we go to the hyenas hyenas camp and they're yes. just like lions are so fucking dumb and <laughs> ugly i hate every single one they're pieces of shit and scar's like excuse me and they're like, oh they're like oh no oh, well, like, no we're talking you. about lion not you. lions not you you're like Scar. you're one of us 
And they're oh, um, this is the 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 such fun line, just like Mufasa. Ooh, ooh. say it again. Yes. <laughs> um, so we get into the song, "Be Prepared," which okay. is How one of my favorite Disney villain songs. I like it's just so theatrical, this. so camp. It has the traditional yeah. Disney villain lime green. It's got it's got yes. some fun yeah, fascism references. <laughs> Yeah, yes. yeah. It's like I was like, oh, the hyenas are Nazis. Okay, I got cool. it. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. We get it. Cool, we cool, get cool, it. Cool. Yeah. Well, they they could be they could be North Korean military uh, uh, encampments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or they way, could like or like Stalin's so, like troops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either way, they're they could aren't... be purging people. That's yes. Authoritarian <laughs> regime. Okay. Oh, we love funny. we love a fascist. Um, oh yeah, all the time in movies. I love Kim. We talked about this in a previous maybe uh, episode, but the the line "My teeth and ambitions are bared" like that sort of uh, there's a that they there's do. a rhetorical Hold name on. for I'll, it. We talked about it in Wacko's Wish, and let me mm. look at my notes. See, I love the fact that you could even remember that because yeah, because we talked about Alanis Morissette. Um, oh yeah, I think it starts with an E. No, no, it's a solipsis. Yes, solipsis. And I don't know why, but the second you said, I think it starts with an E, my brain immediately went, oh, emphysema? And, and that makes sense. And <laughs> that, and, no. But anyway, this song is yes. so, song is so, so good. good. I was recently uh, listening to Sibling Rivalry. It's a podcast with Bob mm-hmm. the Drag Queen and Monet Exchange. And they were like, at one point, they were talking about the song, and Monet Exchange starts, like, singing it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Monet's background, like, majored in, like, opera performance. Oh, and God. Just, it was just so theatrical and good, and, like, she just, like, kept going. And I'm just like, do the whole song, please. Mm-hmm. Um, so good. It's... I like it because, one, I feel like there aren't a ton of... I feel like this this movie has a lot of male representation, which yeah. for a Disney about movie, time. yeah, which for a Disney movie is the minority very often. Like I feel like in Disney movies, yeah. like, especially because they do like a lot of like women's empower, like young girl, like female empowerment, which is like fantastic. We definitely need that, but also like it's okay to show a young male hero and a young male protagonist and a, and a male villain. Like it's really cool. Um, and so I think that's one of like the few male villains and male villain songs that we have in the Disney repertoire. Um, and it's so, I think Jeremy, not Jeremy Irons, but um, uh, who was the, who was the man that you said did his singing the voice? Singing voice? Um, was that uh, Jim Cummings? Jim Cummings, yes, 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 yes. Who also did and the like, singing voice for um, Rasputin and Anastasia, I believe. Oh, and, oh, oh my God, that God. actually, that's so perfect because because the theatricality. In the dark of the night, evil uh, will find you. Da, 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 that da, da, is da, my da, jam. <laughs> I love um, Anastasia. Yeah, and like so the, good. the theatricality of this song, this vocal performance is just so good. Like you even animated, like you feel his like malice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, his ire. Ooh. Love that. Say it again. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I love I love that final shot of like uh him like the the rock tower sort of mm-hmm. um with like him like all the hyenas beh- below him. But like this is the first time that like 
we really see, so we already knew that Scar intentionally sent Simba to the elephant graveyard to try to get him killed and like to yeah. kill Mufasa. Um, well, we learned that like right before this song, if you hadn't figured that out before. Um, yeah, he was just like, we're killing, we're killing them. Just, that's the plan. We're just going to kill point. them. <laughs> um, and I, this song is just like, you really see uh, all of his ambition you know, come out um, through this song. And just, like, the lyrics are just... There's something about, like, that drum beat, and, like, it has a very, like, driving, like, almost staccato rhythm, you know, that I just really, really like. But, like, the singing is just so melodic and nefarious, and, like, it's it's a nice, like, like, dark sound. It, like, when you have, like, an orchestra at symphony, a darker sound is, like, just more, like, fuller. Like, it really, like, builds upon itself and, like, supports itself instead of, like, a a brighter sound is kind of more, like, shrill. Yeah. Um, Like, like, timpani versus, like, bass. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, Um, oboe versus tuba. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um... (laughs) And I I really like the scene where all the hyenas are marching. And again, how their footsteps are forming the underlying like staccato beat. Yeah. And then they're yeah. singing in time with that. I just really like I've that. been in marching band. I can do that. They're just doing some <laughs> drill. Oh my gosh. Okay, Mr. Band Geek over here. Um yeah, I, I love this song. This was this was always like my favorite villain song growing up. I used to sing this all the time. Really? Yeah. I think I think my favorite villain song growing up was, like, it was definitely my favorite song, but I was scared of her. Like, I couldn't watch Little Mermaid because I was scared of Ursula mm. so bad. And I, I was used playing, to be scared like, of Ursula. Year, like, decades later, I was playing Kingdom Hearts and I was fighting Ursula. And my mom saw it and she was like, oh, Campbell, don't get scared. I'm like, that's so mean <laughs> to make fun of a small child for being scared still. Um, <laughs> that's what parents But, like, do, hilarious. Like, I know, her comedic timing is just unmatched. Uh, she recently... Uh, won uh, like a March Madness like bracket thing. Oh. And I was like, oh, how does it feel to win? And she said, familiar. <laughs> so oh, that's okay, my mom. mother. <laughs> uh, okay, Mrs. McCauley. <laughs> um, Kelly. Yeah, and so then um, after this song, so we hear them like laughing into the night and into the darkness. Um, <laughs> and then we get to like basically the setup for uh, Scar's big plan. So they're in um, the gorge. Um, that's like this this uh, rocky gorge that like runs through the entire like Pride Lance area, um, and we see Scar once again just like emotionally manipulating Simba. But at the same yeah. time, like it's very easy to get like younger family members to do whatever you want. Yeah, Jasmine, yeah, because... do you have an example of that? Um. So. <laughs> <laughs> Do I have an example? Um, yes. So my but my younger siblings, I'm not gonna lie, they were too smart for me. Like Rwanda and Raven, I would try to get them to do things and Raven would just be like, What? I, I bet you like, made that exact bro. face too. I'm like, <laughs> I, I think during the Aladdin episode you mentioned like some story about like either like a laundry basket or like oh, something but, with okay, stairs. Okay. Okay, so so I do have I do have this time where I persuaded them that or I um I pretty much um led them to believe that um grocery plastic bags can be parachutes. 
That and... is deadly, Jasmine. That's, <laughs> that's how you kill a and, child, first of all. And there was another time that my that my middle sister, um, I for some I don't know why we were doing this, but I um talked her into getting to a suitcase and I zipped up the suitcase and it was just like, We're going on a trip. <laughs> And she got in the suitcase. And at the time, her hair was like just all over the place. Like we're this was hair day. So it was all over the place. And she got into the suitcase and I zipped up the suitcase and her hair got stuck in the zipper. And I could not get her out of the suitcase. And I don't know how I got her out. And it was crazy because she kept crying saying she had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> And I couldn't get her out of the suitcase. So, um, <laughs> she Great. may cool. or this is may exactly not have <laughs> had an accident in the suitcase. And I may, may not have gotten into trouble getting her stuck in the suitcase. But no, I definitely remember um, pretty much telling them that the plastic bags were parachutes. And we would try to jump off like the highest step. <laughs> So you were just trying to kill us, is what? Raven, you're still no, here. Calm down. But, but I only have a, such a short amount of time because, because my younger siblings were not... I feel like y'all respected me, but y'all also knew when I was, like, BSing y'all. Like, y'all knew when I was just like, hey, let's do this. Y'all be like, nah, bro. Like, that was, like, trouble. Like, we're not doing that. <laughs> and I could never just, like, man- like I-, I couldn't manipulate y'all. Like, it was one and done. Well, it's halftime, sports fans. Um, I don't I don't know why I said that. Anyway, it's Campbell from Boost Coles. Uh, I'd like to tell you all about Mr. Holland's Opus Foundation. This foundation keeps music alive in schools by providing vital support services to school districts and new musical instruments to underfunded music programs nationwide, giving underrepresented youth access to the many benefits of music education, leading them to success in school, and inspiring creativity and expression through playing music. There have been over 34,000 donated instruments and over 2 million students impacted by this organization. Some of the support services they offer are professional development for music teachers led by certified uh, instrument repair technicians and further community engagement and instrument drives just to name a few again raven and i believe the best way to support us as a podcast is to support organizations like mr holland's opus foundation that supports music education and the passion of music in our youth you can donate at mhopus.org slash donate. Again, that's mhopus.org slash donate. Uh, back to our nonsense. Uh, so Scar tries to kill a child. Yes. Yeah. And his father while he's at it. Um, and so yeah. he's so, like, oh, uh, in the you, gorge. You, you, you wait, go ahead. Yeah, he has to like wait there. Scar's like, okay, now for the surprise, I'm going to go get your dad. And then... Um, the, he's like, uh, he's like, while you're hyenas... here, why don't you work on that little roar of yours? Yeah. Little, little roar. While uh, Simba's waiting, uh, we see the hyenas just like with these wildebeests, and they're like, no, we have to wait for the signal. They see Scar, the signal. They create a stampede. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, Scar goes to Mufasa, 
And she's like, no, there's a stampede. He's like, yeah, I know. I was like, no, Simba's there. We have to go save him. Yeah. So Mufasa, Scar, and Zazu goes to, like, save Simba. Mufasa, like, jumps in front of the stampede, tries to, like, you know, get his child to safety, while Scar just, like, you know, knocks watches. out Zazu. Yeah. Just watches. Simba yeah. is saved. I... Mufasa needs help saving. Yeah. And Scar says the, like, the coldest line. Long live in, the in king. In Disney movie. Long live the king. And just, like, kicks him off, kills One him. One of the things from, like, an animation cinematography standpoint that I really like that they do, um, when the stampede is first coming down the hill into the gorge, and you see Simba on that little, like, mound, yeah. that little rock or whatever... They do what's called a dolly zoom, which is which is a special zoom effect where like it's centered on a specific point yeah. on the screen, and then like that point gets closer. It zooms in on that point while the background like zips away. Um, yeah, and that's a, like I obviously yeah you can do that with like actual cinematography, but like the fact that they did that with animation was like really yeah. really cool because it's like really common in horror movies and stuff like that. Um, and so I thought that was really cool that they did that, um, and. Was this so when we we get through and we see like the whole scene with like the wildebeest uh, stampede and everything and Mufasa like on the ground? Was this the first time that Disney had depicted other than like no actually no because Tarzan was after this? Was this the first time that Disney had depicted a dead character on screen? Because there there have like been the characters of, oh. there have been characters that have died, but did we ever see the body after the death? When was Bambi? That's what I was about to say. Did we see her body? Bambi was older. Bambi was older. There? Bambi was older for sure. Bambi definitely came out like at least a decade before this. Because Bambi First was older than on screen death in Disney. Not death, but and like then, dead body. Because we've seen deaths before, I believe. And then can we just talk about how Disney stay killing parents? Facts. And well, they're Disney, yeah, but they're already dead in a lot of the Disney ones. Disney stay, but the fact is, is that like there's always a provincial death. But here's my involved thing. in Disney movies, and I get that it's because like Disney makes obviously children's folk, children focused movies, and a lot of their movies, especially around this time of Disney animation, was like coming of age stories, which is why you had all the Disney princess movies and stuff like that. But my thing is like there were many other types of trauma that a child or a person can endure that does not involve the death of a parent. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Apparently, um, Lion King is the first Disney animated movie to show death of like a good guy. Some people thought Bambi, but the mom dies off screen. Yeah, she's mm. not shot um, on screen. Dang, uh... that, that got me too. Like Bambi, Bambi was just, Horror after horror, like <laughs> oh, there was uh, in the Black Cauldron. There's a character that dies oh, on Cauldron. screen. I forgot. They, but you don't see the body afterwards. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because because when when he goes up to him, I was like, wait a minute. I don't think we've ever seen a dead body. Yeah. Like, a corpse. A corpse. <laughs> well, it's yeah. Is it still a corpse? It's not a corpse. It's a carcass for an animal. Yeah. Yeah. Fun You're fact: right. um, examining a dead body for like a human fun. is called an autopsy. For an animal, it's called a necropsy called a what a necropsy like oh. necrophilia but necropsy. yeah yeah so i'm just like why is it different though because it's called an autopsy because it's uh auto meaning self like if you're examining oh, a human like okay. it's an examination of yourself that if, yeah. makes sense yeah. interesting 
Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, my note for this point of the movie was major bummer. Um, <laughs> just like it wasn't not having a good time. I was afraid um, of not having a time. <laughs> the score in the background to die for that's playing. It's like incredible. And um, these like. It's so good. And Scar basically is just like, oh my God, oh what my happened? God. Oh my God, you can't go back. You killed your dad. Which this is You so, have to run away. This is so fucked because like, again, a lot of young children physically don't understand cause and effect. Yeah. And it's really, really common for children like when something really traumatic happens, like either like, a parent's divorce or a parent a death of a parent or something like that, to blame themselves. And it's not even just because they don't understand cause and effect. It's because like at a certain age you physically don't understand that the world isn't doesn't revolve around you. I was just and about so, to say that. And so it's one you of those don't things, understand that you're not the center that of the you're universe. not the cause of it. And so like yeah. it's one of those things where it's like, okay well, like it, it's also like a psychological thing where it's like, okay, well, if the world revolves on me, if everything happens because of something that I do, then obviously something that I did led to this. You know what yeah. I mean? Which, like, in Simba's case, yeah. like, technically him being there led to his father being there, which led to his death, but like, that doesn't make it your fault. Your fault. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, and it's like, it's also, it's also the understanding that as a child, if you're going to accept that bad things can happen that you have nothing to do with, then you have to accept that your world is not safe. And that's like a, yeah. a thing that children, like if, even if you do accept that, that's a traumatizing thing to have to accept. Yeah. You know? No. Yeah. It's fucked up. And like, yeah. what also doesn't make any sense. He was like, you, you should run away now. And then he tells the hyenas to like kill, kill him. him. Yeah. It was like one, you already think these hyenas are incompetent. Why are you right. They've proven their incompetence. I'm not. I'm not saying Multiple you should times. kill this kid, but like you should have just killed this kid yourself. You're an adult lion. I never understood. Just the, like by like, stomp. I remember having that thought of just like Scar. Why don't you just kill him right because, now? Okay, because so he's somebody, a manipulator. He doesn't do the dirty work himself. He just killed Mufasa. This is, but this but is the only time. But here's my thing. Here's my thing. So. I watch a lot of crime shows. And the fact yeah. of the matter is, is that everybody knows that there's already, like, some animosity between, you know, the, the siblings. There's already animosity between Mufasa and Scar. And if and Scar is, like, you know, if Simba were to die and Mufasa were to die, like, he was the, he would be the king. So if he were to kill Simba, especially in his young age, like, I just feel like from an investigative standpoint, yeah. he would be the number one suspect. Like, everybody was automatically be like, Scar has something to do with this. So it's just like, and then plus Scar's not going to get his hands dirty. Like, if there's one thing about, like, dictators, they don't do things themselves, no matter how easy it would be for them to go yeah. do things themselves. Yeah. If you even look into history, like, dictators don't do the dirty work themselves they don't ever do those things themselves yeah and that just goes into like the whole dictatorship like the whole like be prepared scene like scar is a dictator like he finds more joy manipulating people to do his dirty work than he does feel actually doing it yeah so it's that's just like, that's why he doesn't do these things himself and then the fact and then the only reason why he killed Mufasa himself was because he was in, he was pretty much forced to, so to speak. Like, 
he was already in that position position to do so like because if he it's like either i save you and let somebody else kill you and your son ends up being and this whole thing would have been in vain like this whole plan would have just failed or i can just not save you from this cliff also the pent-up anger towards yeah, his yeah. brother he's always mufasa of anger. Yeah. yeah and then it was easy to cover so up like mufasa died in a stampede like yeah, Zazu you know, saw the stampede and him trying to save him. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just... He has, like, a, wi- a witness, quote-unquote. Exactly. So it's just the fact that, like, this was the perfect time. Like, it was a perfect setup for him to be able to pretty much kill his brother because there was no... It could easily be explained away. Like, there was no true murder. It's just, like, dang. Like, and even if he slipped, he's like, dang, I, like, I tried to save him. I just couldn't hold that. I couldn't bring him up. Like, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just, it was yeah. too easy. Yeah. yeah. So Simba is just like, you know, running away. The hyenas ch- chasing him. But he like kind of like gets lost in like the brambles. Mm-hmm. Um, and like m- gets away. And the hyenas are like, well, he'll probably die out there. So we're good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which he would have if it weren't for Timon and Pumbaa. The comic relief. Uh, uh. They, okay. Timon and Pumbaa, who like also have had their own movie I mean, they're the star. It's Lion King one and a half is about Lion King, the first one from Timon yeah. and Pumbaa's. Yeah. Which I think was such a cool they, thing to do. It and, was yeah, such it was a just cool like thing to so do. Cool. Oh my gosh. Um, Tim- uh, Timon is played by Nathan Lane, who, like, on a, also partnered with um, Matthew Broderick. The vo- Matthew Broderick in The Producers. He plays mm-hmm. Max, but he was also Max on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in The Birdcage, Mouse Hut. Mouse Hunt, he won a Tony for his work, and a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. He was in Golden oh, Dolls. He was uh, Gomez Adams and the Adams Family on Broadway. Oh. And then we have Pumbaa, who's played by Ernie Sabella, who... Sabella? Sabella? One of them. Beats me? My, apolo- my apologies, Pumbaa. Um, <laughs> but he's, he's like, other than the 2019 Lion King, who I think it was Seth Rogen? I think so. He has been Pumbaa <laughs> Just... in everything else. <laughs> Appropriate reaction. Um, yeah, but he has also been in, like, you know, he was in some episodes That's a Raven, Saved by the Bell, A Fine Romance. He's been in a bunch of stuff. Yeah. but I really love Pumbaa. Timon and Pumbaa together. They're just, like, mm-hmm. they're the perfect... Um, they this is two men this can is a, raise a child. This is a very dark movie for, especially for um, Lion King. Like, it's literally... It's literally adapted from a Shakespearean tragedy. Like so, to to try to work in comic relief in like like a like full comedy into a movie like this is like like to be able to balance those tones and not make it just a completely tonally dissonant dissonant movie yeah. is like the really really well done. I like the fact that they split it up like this, where it's like there's a very clear delineation of like yeah like Simba's leaving behind all the drama and pain yeah. and anger and turmoil of his past and like now he's able to have this comic relief. But in the same way that like a lot of people that have trauma or struggle with mental health or something like that like use comedy to like kind of hide that pain it's almost the mm-hmm. same thing like it's like yeah. this entire stint here is simba trying to heal and trying to not even healing but trying to forget that pain and trying to like yeah. ignore it but i mean and then you also say that about a lot of disney movies like that's true like mulan like Ugh. you know like with uh little dragon dude Me and sure. it's just 
like yeah mushu like it's but like in a lot of disney movies they have that tragic that tragic moment that's just like it's hard for anybody like first of all once again disney is good for telling off parents like i don't know why that's like their number one go-to it's like you know we're gonna do this movie no, it's, I, th- I think the, I think the number it's the number one go to because like this stuff is meant for children and for children. Yeah. what's the worst that thing that could happen? That is the worst happen? thing that could happen. It yeah. is the worst thing, but also it's very traumatic. Like, which is I like remember, fucked up. It is like I just feel like why can't I just lose my best friend? Like, you know, not and not even like them <laughs> die. Like, why? No, 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 no. I'm not saying like they die. I'm no, just I saying like you. why can't we just like why can't I just break up with my best friend? Why can't I just like why can't the dog really eat my homework? Like. You really just like kill off my dad. Like you Muffin really never ate out homework. She just walked all over and made it look bad. It, <laughs> it's just like there's other forms of well, trauma. I feel like, but I do get that. Like I do understand that. Like Disney movies, these particular Disney movies are made for children, and that is the worst thing. That is the most tragic thing that can happen to you as a child is when you lose a parent. Yeah. But also, that's very traumatizing to see it in a movie because <laughs> I remember yeah. like watching these movies and just being afraid of like my parents leaving the house it's just oh, like yeah. no if you leave the house like you're gonna get shot by a hunter like <laughs> like someone's yeah. gonna like throw you off a cliff like it's so interesting because like these movies <laughs> like yeah that's like the reaction is just like the children are just scared instead of learning the lesson of like you know how to like healthily deal with grief which yes. is like you know what this movie's about it's like oh they'll always be with you be like no but like no. I, I i'm not emotionally mature enough i'm not to, ready like, get for that, that yet now. like yeah. no like if my parent is gone they're gone but it's so also it's the like, fact that a lot of these disney movies do have like that comic relief after like a tragic moment after like you know like like i keep bringing milan like after milan like you know left her whole family behind to go like fight in her dad's place it's just like she had mushu with her and like even in pocahontas like she had, um, what's the raccoon's name? Anyways, she had the. <laughs> she had, I she want to say Squid Scratch for some reason. <laughs> it's just like she like all these movies that have these Loopy. like heavy, traumatic tragedies in them. They all have like a slight like common relief. Like even in Frozen, like you know you had Olaf. Like it's just all these movies that have like real life trauma in them. You have these characters that just allow you to kind of work through that trauma. Yeah. Yeah. Laugh through the tears. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And especially yeah, so yeah. they, I was going to say they like, it's really interesting. Cause like these Disney movies bring a lot of these issues. Yeah. Like two children for the first time for a lot of them. But then it's like, I mean, Disney's not supposed to be parenting your children. No. They see these things, they're exposed to this, and then it's on the parents to have conversations with them yeah. about this kind of stuff. But a lot of some times, of which it's just do, like, some oh. of which don't. Yeah, sometimes just like put a movie on and then it just wrecks you emotionally. Yeah. And then you know what? You're just gonna be sad. And that's <laughs> that's just sad. that's the way it is. Do 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 do. That's just oh, the way it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but we see Timon and Pumbaa come across uh, Simba while he is being uh, swarmed by buzzards, uh, which are in fact a scavenging Buzzer? animal. Barely know her. Shut the- <laughs> <laughs> um, the line I love. So they okay. So they they get away from the buzzards. They like splash some water on him to help wake him up and blah blah blah. And they're asking him like, "Hey kid, 
what's up? What are you doing out here? What, what's your um, deal? And he's like, oh, he's like, like, why are you here? Like, what happened? He's like, something terrible, but I don't want to talk about it. Good. We don't want to hear about it. <laughs> like, yeah, goddamn. Right. <laughs> just don't give a fuck about this. Don't kid. put your emotional burden on me. Because I mean, that's their whole life. Their whole life is not dealing with their emotions. Like, it's just like, True. no, like we came here to get to away, run from, away from your problems. Yeah. Problems. And so it doesn't matter what your issue is. Like, this is not that place. So it's like, I agree with them. Like, no, I made this paradise. We made this paradise for ourselves because we had issues. And as we saw in Lion King one and a half, <laughs> they had their issues. Dig in tunnels, dig, dig, and, dig in tunnels. Dig, oh my God, that's my jam. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and it was just like, they had their issues. Don't bring your issues, no matter what it is, like, no matter what it is, like, whatever you went through this is not the place to bring it to like you yeah. gotta leave that shit behind yeah leave it behind and it's funny because as an as a severely emotionally repressed child i looked at hakuna matata as like oh yeah this is the lesson of like there are no worries everything's good it's all cool and then watching it today i was just like this is not good this is not which is interesting because i feel like that's what like was like the main takeaway for children for this and just be like oh yeah don't worry about it yeah and like as like now watching as an adult i'm just like no like it's so good that nala comes and and like i like the fact that later on when he says to nala hakuna matata like everything's fine like you know sometimes bad things happen and you just have to deal with it and she's like no simba you have responsibilities (laughs) like there are things that you have to do (laughs) as a person yeah yeah but we do get into hakuna matata which is like classic classic disney yeah it means no worries for the rest of your days. For the rest of your days. Yeah, it's uh, it's our motto. What's it's a motto? A prom- I don't know. What's a motto? It's absolutely <laughs> philosophy. Uh, matata. But it's just, it is, like, it's definitely, like, the most, <laughs> the highest advertisement for, like, repressing your feelings. Oh, and yeah. it's just, and, like, running away. And, and, and on the one hand, on some circumstances, it works. Like, you know, they're just they were happy that you just like, don't stress about it. Like you can't stress about everything. Like you can't, but to like, just not stress about anything. Like this young child just witnessed the death of his father. An incredibly traumatizing not, experience. That's not necessarily like a repress. Like, Oh, if I just stuff it down, if I just, you know, don't worry Stick about it. It'll lip. go away. It's like your father's still dead, though. Like, somebody that like, you really looked up to and was trying to be like. And and it's just like that whole scene even with, like, him. What I was a whole wreck. Like, yeah. after just, like, watching him realize his dad was dead. Like, you know, him, like, trying to go under his paw and yeah. everything. Like, that whole scene, like, wrecked me. Like, if I watched that today, I would cry. Like, he was really just like, you know, just trying to get that last, like, like, this can't be real. Like, yeah. I like what is happening? And like I said, you know, like trying to get that last, like, fatherly hug, that last fatherly touch from his dad. Like, and and just to show up and be like, oh, you know, somebody's telling you, like, don't worry about it. And it reminds me, oh, I don't, I don't know if y'all have seen those, like, 
what is it that that one app better help or better talk something like uh, that but yeah better better help better health, better health, better health yeah. like i i don't know if you see those commercials where they're just like you know oh everybody has this these uh, this advice and when you're when you're depressed or like you know you're like need help and they're just like oh don't worry about it it'll be better like you know there's people that's worse off than you it's like this is kind of how like Hakuna was it was just like oh don't worry about it like you'll get better like you know it's like sometimes this, it doesn't get better sometimes it, it gets get substantially better. worse it gets worse <laughs> and the fact of the matter is even after all this after all the bugs you eat after all the songs you sing after you know all the hippos all the warhawks that pass gas at the stream like your when your father was a still young dead. warthog right young warthog speaking <laughs> like, your of, father is still like dead you know like it's just speaking of that young warthog and going in a vastly different direction so i always thought it was weird uh that timon didn't want pumbaa to say the word fart in the song but then i remembered that we used to not say fart we yeah. used to say poot. And Jasmine, oh, do you remember word. the song our family made up for whenever yeah. someone farted? Yeah. Would we like uh, to perform me? it for it, Campbell? So, okay. <laughs> and to this day, our father sings this song. He still sings this song. And <laughs> it... Okay, I could do it. I could do it. So anytime anyone farted, they would announce it by saying... <laughs> I pooted and it stinks. It's gonna make you weak, so you better get away from me. <laughs> and and like, everyone recited as a chorus. <laughs> to this day, my like my dad still like we got over it. Like this because <laughs> if you if you understand, like we were like in elementary school and middle school and we made this song up. So it's just like, you know, an eleven year old an eight-year-old and like a five-year-old like just singing these songs about pooting and it was funny because we did make that song up and like now even to this day like I'm 30 years old like it's been like over 20 years <laughs> like it's been like 20 years since I made this song up and my dad would pass gas and he would go <laughs> he would go oops I farted and it, it, it stinks <laughs> it's gonna make you weak and I'm just like I made the song up 20 years ago. And <laughs> anyway, so yeah, it was just funny. Like, Raven said, it was just funny how, like, he would not, like, how Timon would just, like, not allow people not to say, like, say fart. It. Like, it's just, like, are you from Mississippi? Like, are you secretly <laughs> from Mississippi? And, like, <laughs> to Africa. <laughs> like, it's just so funny. But, yeah, like, no, they, they, that part definitely, I definitely got to me. But yeah, that was our jam that we yes. made up. Uh, I still think about that mm-hmm. song. Because uh, Daddy still sings that song. He still sings it. Um, okay, yeah. So we get through Hakuna Matata. And during Hakuna Matata, Disney loves to age a character by song. So we see uh, Simba grow up and he's now an adult lion, which fun fact takes approximately two years. Um, so he's about two to two and a half years old right now. So um, he's now the adult Simba that everyone was attracted to. Correct, a two-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah. was, I was just like, not it was only... The, it was the mane, it was the hair. I, right, I was like, because my god sister, so, <laughs> talking back to Aladdin, 
because my best friend and god sister of over 20 years her favorite movie is aladdin mm-hmm. and she was super attracted to aladdin she was just like what if i had a boyfriend like look like aladdin but i'm just like not only am i attracted to an animated character it's an animal like yeah. <laughs> i mean do you remember the tiger from zootopia yeah or robin hood the fox one Ooh, facts Facts. It's a confidence for me. Or like, the entirety <laughs> of Space Jam. Lola Bunny from from Space Jam. They just they just wanted to make her. Honestly, fuckable. all of these like, animated just... companies, all these animation companies out here would just turn the whole generation of children into furries. Yeah, they're just horny. <laughs> and I'm just like, and you wonder why like people have these kinks. It's just like you made us attractive. Did you look at the material? Did you look <laughs> at it? Like what is simple when he came out of the water and like was like Ooh. shaking his man? I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> Simba. Simba. <laughs> Do we say um, that means lion in Swahili? I don't think we did. Thank you for bringing. No, that we up. didn't. Yeah, it does mean lion. Um, so then we cut over to Pride Rock real quick, and we see that Scar is telling the story of like Mufasa and Simba are gone, like blah blah blah, and I'm just like, this is my part. I'm just like. I understand that he's a good actor, but how does no one even like suspect? Well, I I feel like Like, Zasu maybe supports the story some though. That's fair. Yeah, because I feel like he felt like he witnessed it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. That's fair. And like, we do see like now, like current, like after the aging, like the Pride Lands is just ruined. Oh yeah. Just like wrecked. Yeah. Zazu's in a cage singing. Yeah. Well, that's, Later. After I wrote down "Hot Simba," it's a small world after all. Was my next note. Oh, it's oh, you're right. World after oh God, no, anything but that. Uh, yeah, because that Disney song self-aware. sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So then, and there's like no food, no water. The lionesses mm-hmm. won't hunt. Um, which here's my thing. I think wait, did I write this down somewhere else? Oh yeah, I wrote that. I wrote that down later, but. It just kind of bothered me that with the whole, like, Scar ruining the Twilight and stuff like that, that, like, I get it's a Disney movie and there was a specific story they were trying to tell, but in real life, the lionesses would have just killed Scar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, like, lionesses are not helpless creatures that are, like, bound to the wings of their lion. Like, they're the huntresses. I just feel like, (laughs) I feel like it fit in, like our narrative like our yeah. society like, like oh he's the king now so we have to listen to him but it's like nah yeah we have a patriarchy remember, so these lions will yeah yeah like i remember being like older like in middle school or in high school and realizing that like lioness like the lionesses were the ones that hunted like the ones that were just like they were the warriors Bosses. like yeah. yeah like it was just like oh okay and and i really didn't early on like as a child child like i didn't get that in this movie mm-hmm. but yeah like i was just like okay like they definitely would have scar would have been gone yeah like yeah. there was no way and i'm like maybe because he has so many hyenas that like, he was able to keep them in check like i don't know how that worked with the hyenas <laughs> That's true. He but did have like hordes of hyenas, so like maybe. yeah. So it's just like maybe they kept the lionesses in check because I feel like there were scenes where they were just like, "Yo, like we can take this dude out," and the hyenas would be like, "Can you?" Like you know what I mean? Like and plus, once again, not even realizing that hyenas were like 
Like, this is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, what? No. Like, that, that was crazy. Um, and but then we get back to Timon Pumbaa yeah. and mm-hmm. Simba looking under the uh, stars. They, they have, talk about they what they theorize they what they are. Yeah. Pumbaa's correct, um, and you just like see Simba. No, fireflies. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Simba just like you know brings up something from his past, and then he just like dismisses it. Yeah, like, not dismiss it. Laughs at him. Which yeah. like I know we all feel that. Like I feel like everyone's been in that situation at some point. We're just like oh. That's cool. Just all Didn't of my the lived grass experiences. looks so comfortable? <laughs> so oh comfortable. I gosh. love a well, good grass field with no bugs. No bugs. <laughs> well, they would have eaten them, so it would be bug True. free. True. would be fine. Yeah. Um, oh, I love laying in the grass when it's like cool, especially when it's like a summer day, but the grass is cool and it's like the soil is like damp, but not like wet. Love no. it. Love it. And there's just like something in the air that Rafiki finds out that Simba is alive. So he's yeah. off to go find him. Well, it's the, the, the flower petals alive. from when Simba, like, fluffs on the ground. Um, yeah. And, like, the flower petals, he, like, I don't know how he does his shaman stuff, but he figures it out, that Simba's alive. Yeah. Um, and has a whole celebration by his damn self. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but then Pumbaa, the next day, almost gets wrecked. Pumbaa's- when he sees Nala, and then when Timon is just like, Puma, buddy, what's wrong? The, sh- the, the, the physical delivery of the line, she's gonna eat me, just the yeah. way he like shrieks it, it's so funny. Best line delivery no. of this entire movie, I feel like. <laughs> uh, just, and I like, oh no, Nala's gonna fuck him up. And then I think what I, I think what I learned most from this movie is the phrase "go for the jugular." I think I learned that <laughs> yes. from this movie. Yes, and I didn't realize oh, that. I was boy. just like, "Wait a second. Also, can we talk about the fact that Pumbaa, a warthog, was able to evade Nala for yeah. any amount of time? She's malnourished. Uh, that's fair. That's, true. that's fair. That's fair. And she was by herself. Like true. They do. I they usually like the, do hunt I, packs. I feel like they hunt in packs, and they like no. maneuver animals into. Yeah. So she was by herself. She was malnourished. Pumbaa is a healthy warthog. <laughs> <laughs> he been eating Who good. <laughs> saw her coming. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah, that's true. and then okay, like okay. you know, Simba and Nala are fighting. Gets pinned down. They start um, fucking. Uh, oh, that's later. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, about to be, um, and they realize who each other are and then it's really funny uh the timon says the lines like got your lions crossed like your lines crossed mm-hmm. fun also puns. good puns talk about we talked about simba but nala she was really pretty okay like nala can we can we talk about those fuck me eyes nala gave him during can you feel love tonight okay okay no no i want to say this okay because i was like i was watching this with my boyfriend i was like yeah now it's going to be the sex scene and we get to can you feel the love tonight and he said no it's not a sex scene even with the those bedroom eyes (laughs) are the words he said to me And it was, I see, can never let that go. I was like, "That's funny how we all did you just say to... bedroom eyes?" Because <laughs> I call them sexy eyes. I'd be like, like one time I went on this cabin trip with like my other my couple friends, and we were like, like cabin in the woods. Yeah, Justin, that's literally the setup for a horror story. Oh yeah, but I was prepared <laughs> because I watched them, so I know what to look for. 
cool, cool, um, cool, 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 cool. But we were we were in the cab. It was in the mountains, which I don't think that's any better. But we were playing some game, and I just felt like they kept giving, like they kept looking at each other, and I'm just like. First of all, what they're not going to do is keep each other sexy eyes with company around. <laughs> and they were just like, what? What are you talking what about? You mean? Like, I know sexy eyes when I see them. But it's just funny because we all, like, all three of us have different names for them. But the fact of the matter is, all right. They when fuck. she's like laying down, I was just like, and then he goes to town on her. And that's just a fact. And that's this just is a, fact. a sex fact, scene. And it's like, Timon's just like, I can see what's coming. And Poopa's like, what are you talking about? It's like, they're going to Fuck. I see. I personally would have been in favor of Nathan Lane just singing the whole song. I want that version. Disney release the version, release the Nathan Lane version. The it, the, the Nathan Lane edit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, we found out Nala like left to go find help. Yeah. And he's just like, "What happened to you?" And he's like, "No, don't worry about it." Um. And like uh, he says, like. Tara's like, oh, you sound like my dad. And she says back to him, good, at least uh, one, one of, of us, us does. does. And I'm yeah. like, ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Your people need a king, my dude. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then he goes to, and then she like, you know, goes to do something. And he's just like having a crisis, a moment of crisis. Yes. And this is the scene that I was talking about earlier. So he's, um, he's walking along through the fields and he's like having this sort of like identity mm, crisis um and we hear these like strings in the background and we see like the clouds part um and he's talking to oh no that's later wait is this here when oh yeah okay so he's he's yelling and like oh like you know where are you like i need you like blah 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 um and we get to rafiki shows up and rafiki is just like ayo i know your dad he's over here um so he takes him to this uh pool where he sees this reflection and he's like Mufasa lives like lives in you still like you are you have the spirit of your father and from before when he was talking about how the kings of the past live in the stars and like look down on us that's um, when my toy came in yeah 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 Yeah. um and so we see the clouds part and we hear the voice of Mufasa and see his likeness in the clouds and here the music here is very very similar to the scene in Black Panther when when T'Challa goes to the spirit realm and speaks to his father um specifically Black Panther Hans Zimmer I don't think so um uh Ludwig Goranson yeah, Ludwig Göransson. Um, yeah, but I, I think I I feel like I read somewhere that they like that there were some like uh, influences, like inspirations they got for the music in Black Panther. But at the very least, the music like um, one they use like it's very similar. Like, they use strings, um, and it's yeah this very like dramatic uh, string movement in this scene. And, um, I, they, they really sound similar. Like, I think when I was like listening to this, like it literally reminded me exactly of that, that scene where he's in the spirit world, specifically the second one, um, the second time where he's like basically yelling at his father for not sharing the gifts of Wakanda, like with the world yeah. or something like that. So yeah. it's that, it's that heightened emotional sense of like meeting your ancestors or like having to contend with your ancestry and, and what that means for you. You know what? It was like, I I read this like thing about like people being ups- like talking about how 
um, Black Panther was like super similar to the Lion King and like all the other stuff. But I'm just like, but you also have to realize like what culture or cultures they're pulling from. Yeah. Like you can say the same thing about like a lot of American movies or a lot of European movies. Like oh, they yeah. are very similar with each other because they have the same background. It's just a, the, the, the same story told different ways. Like you have, so it's just like, um, like Black Panther is meant to be of like an African culture. Like, you know, not saying it's just like you said, like not saying it's like a monolith. Like we know that there's like different cultures and different people and different just everything that and comes out of it, just like it is and, yeah. of any other continent in the world. But it's just the fact that like, you know, they do have a, sh- there is something shared amongst that continent. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, it's like, you know, in Black Panther, they, a lot of African cultures look upon their ancestors. Like they look up, they look for that folklore. They look for that storytelling. They look for this, um, that spiritual um, guidance from people before them. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, so for you to be like, oh, the Black Panther was like the Lion King. It's just like, well, duh. Like, <laughs> that's like, like, that's like saying anything about like any of the other, like I said, like European-based Disney movies or American-based yeah. movies. It's just like, our society is our society. Like, yes, there's different states within the United States of America, but we all sh- still share a certain cult a certain culture so to speak yeah certain commonalities like, yeah. exactly so it's just like why is this upsetting you so much <laughs> yeah they were, it, was a whole, it was a huge article it was a People whole just article. like being mad for no just, like, reason like relax <laughs> like it's not even that serious yeah and it's like even if i'm sorry i just start i just finished watching bridgerton so i'm like really into that right now yeah and but it's just like they have the paintings of like all the past kings on the wall. Yeah, it's just like everybody does. How that. is this different? You know, and the thing how that is this me, different? The thing that bothers me is that like, okay, sure, they're similar. Why is that a bad thing? Why does why that, is like, that a bad thing? Like, they're they're like Lion King was a hugely influential piece of work when it first came out, and like exactly, yeah, a lot of and even and even it was inspired by another hugely influential by body of work, ho- right? Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? so it's just like, why is it a bad thing for these two things to be similar? Yeah, um, but yeah, so uh, my next note is Rafiki's the definition of chaotic good, which I stand by. Yeah, and he, like, I mean, so he, like, teaches some of this lesson and then about, like, you know, learning from things from your past. And so he, like, you know, beats him with the stick. And be like, yeah, that still hurts, but it already happened. You just yeah. need to, like, learn from this experience. Yeah. And he tries to hit him again and he, like, dodges. He's like, see, you're learning. See? Which tells us beating people is a good way to teach <laughs> lessons. Only once oh, they're adults. Oh, that what that means? Only once they're adults. So. It can understand cause and effect. I mean, up um, to interpretation. Do we want to get another drink before we get into like the final scene final of Simba part. returning, battle, yeah. everything? Yeah. Cool. Cheers. 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 Uh, okay. 
So. So then, yeah. Simba has made the decision to return to the Pride Lands. Yep. Um, and as Nala he does that. He very goes. succinctly <laughs> to Timon and Pumbaa, um, he's returning home to challenge his uncle and claim his place as king. Claim his rightful place as yeah. king, basically. So now they're like, Simba sees the Pride Lands again, and it's just like so Devastated. It's like devastated. The ecosystem is ruined. Yeah. It's ruined. Ruined. It's <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> and Nala and Timon and Pumbaa are there and they're like trying to formulate a plan. And it's so funny. Um, it's like, okay, we need to distract the hyenas. Like, we need live bait. And Timon's like, what? What do you expect? Me to dress and drag and do the hula? And then he gets the best. It cuts part. to that. <laughs> this will never, this will never not be the best part, like the best scene of the movie. Um, the plan works, and the hyenas are distracted. Hyenas, yes. And then we see that uh, Sarabi is like coming, like talking to Scar, and she's like, "There's Yo, nothing left. There's the no only food, option bro. we have is to leave Pride Rock, leave these lands." Yeah. And then, what the the most unrealistic part of this movie is then like Scar like hits her, and then she just like stays down lays yeah. down and it's just like nah sarabi is that bitch like yeah. she will fuck you up um but then so simba comes and like you know helps and like, they're like up. mufasa and he was like no no it's me and she's like you're alive how can that be and he's like it doesn't matter i'm here now and i'm like no but it very much does matter especially in this specific scene because the reason you're alive is also why Scar shouldn't be king. Like, yeah. It's like, it very much does matter, Simba. Yeah, and then he's like, I'm gonna fuck you up, Scar. There's some, con- like, convenient-ass lightning that happens. And, and something I, I did notice, um, compared to the beginning Brush of the movie, fire? Fire. Scar does look a lot healthier. Well, yeah, because he's taking as... all the food. Yeah, no, exactly. But yeah. I, I liked how they, like, sh- showed that. mm yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. They there there was a lot of um, especially like obviously with the animation, but like there was a lot of attention to detail paid yeah. to uh, paid in this movie, which I think is interesting because Campbell, you mentioned earlier that Lion King and Pocahontas was basically the Shrek and Prince of Egypt of Disney, where like it was thought that Pocahontas was like the big project that like all the best animators were sent to, and that was gonna be like the big cash grab and like blah blah blah. And then Lion King was like, yeah, this is a good movie. And, like, we're going to put, like, some money and effort into it and stuff like that. But it, they never thought Lion King would be as big or bigger than Pocahontas. Yeah. I think it's really interesting that, like, the animator still, like, took so much care and effort yeah. with, like, the animation and the little details of this movie. Because um, there's, there's so much just drawn and, like, shown, illustrated well of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, during this, we do find out at first, Scar's like, tell him you killed Mufasa. And uh, he's like, no, I did. I did. I did it. And they're fighting. Very similar. Uh, gets to a point where Simba's hanging on. And Scar takes that moment and be like, guess what? I'm the one that killed your dad. And instead of like finishing him off, Simba immediately is like, oh, I'm going to jump up and kill you because I'm right. a, a young, strong lion. Yeah. Now that's angry. 
Um, yeah. And then everyone finds out that Scar's the one that killed Mufasa, and that's enough to motivate the lionesses to be like, okay, let's kill all these hyena. And there's a big brawl that ensues, which I didn't remember as a kid that this part, this, these fight scenes looked as like epic as they did, like the yeah. slow motion in the rain and the yeah. fire yeah. between Simba and Scar. I was just like, was was this it was always an epic this battle? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Rafiki goes all Bruce Lee on the hyenas. It's great. Beats them up. Uh, Pumbaa goes Mr. Pig. I love that line. (laughs) They call me Mr. I love that. I love that line so much. Um, Yeah. yeah, And then he bowls them over. I just love how they keep their, like, like, their comedy throughout, like, all, like, throughout all It's the coping mechanism. Yeah. 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 Uh, Because earlier, like, they were terrified if you think about like timon and pumbaa's like journey as characters like when they first saw simba um like timon was terrified and he was a literal cub and now they're full-on fighting hyenas like yeah yeah good for them um and so simba ends up winning um and he throws scar over the cliff to the well not over the cliff but like over the little like ledge or whatever um mm-hmm. to basically be eaten alive by hyenas six feet mm-hmm. from the which ledge is like again singing. this is a very dark movie like it they don't physically show his death like they didn't physically show mufasa's death but like it is very clearly implied mm-hmm. that he was eaten alive and very similar when he told simba's like run away then the hyenas chase him he's mm-hmm. like tell us like run away He's like, I'm not going to be the one that kills you, but it's the hyena. It's the hyena yeah. that kill him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we see Simba. Time passes. Um, the, well, first we see that rain begins to fall and begins to yeah. put out the fire. And we see Simba finally ascending Pride Rock to take his father's place. Um, and like they do the whole roar thing. And it's like, yeah, all the lines are accepting his rule. And then we time skip and we see that he and Nala are married and Rafiki is, is uh, doing their presentation ceremony of their child. So again, Kiara. like you said earlier, yeah, Kiara. So like you said earlier, Campbell, we, we end this movie where the first one started um, and we finish with a circle of life reprise, yeah. which is just beautiful. This movie is just, it just has everything. Like, I don't know. It, I just love it so much. Yeah. Um, and then, Raven, what you got for us, music-wise? Okay, so quite a few people to talk about, um, but some of them we've already talked about, so I'm going to kind of brush over those. So um, the score was done by Hans Zimmer and Lebo M, uh, which stands for Lebo Hong Morake. Um, and there was also Zimmer also partnered with Mark Mancina um, and Jay Rifkin to help with like arrangements and song production. And then the songs themselves were written by Tim Rice and Elton John. So Tim Rice um, is a lyricist, um, and he basically accepted the job on the condition of finding a composer. And originally, he invited ABBA, um, ABBA's Benny Anderson, to to compose for the music. But he was... Uh, I did t- not know this. Yeah, but he was taken up doing another project, so that's when they brought on Elton John. Um, which I was like, And Elton John different? was like, take a chance on me. Right? <laughs> but I was like, imagine how much different the songs might have been if it was like ABBA instead of Elton right. John, you know? 
Um, I feel like the harmonies would have been fuller. That's fair. There was some definitely solid harmonies, but there was definitely like a clear like lead in a lot of the songs. Yeah. I feel like if it was like ABBA influence, it would have been more. It would be like a more harmony. balanced. Yeah. 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 ABBA yeah. did have a lot of those, um, especially those like tritones. And yes, and so the two of them um, developed. Uh, the two of them developed like f- the five original songs for the films The Circle of Life, I Just Can't Wait to Be King, Be Prepared, Hakuna Matata, and Can You Feel the Love Tonight. Um, and then the Morning Report song was actually added later for IMAX and mm-hmm. D&D, but it wasn't a part of the original film. Um, and then also, yeah, so th- we didn't like look at that version, but the Morning Report song also had different voice actors for <laughs> the young um, Simba and Nala and stuff. Um, which is like, I don't know, really interesting because of course, like the, it was like way later. So these kids like aren't kids anymore. And so, um, okay. Yeah. So the singing voice for morning report for Zazu was Jeff Bennett, um, (laughs) for young Simba, it was Evan Sacido. And then, yeah, it was just those two. Um, it's also interesting because I don't know if I just don't have an ear for voices like that, but like I barely even notice when there's like, a speaking voice versus a singing voice versus. And like... I feel like I've literally watched this movie a hundred times. Right. Yeah, and like it's really interesting because like um, the new Zazu then Jeff Bennett is also the voice of Pip in Andalasia from Enchanted, but also is the hmm. voice of Johnny Bravo. Wild. And I yeah. love Johnny Bravo. Do the monkey. Do, 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 do. Oh it's my great. Gosh. I loved Johnny Bravo. <laughs> and then Simba, um, the young Simba here, um, was also in like some General Hospital episodes. Uh, he's been in like random TV shows. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was really cool. That's really, about, yeah, that is uh, really the, cool. Not Rowan Atkinson, but the, uh, Jeff Bennett. It's just the fact that like some, like somebody was just like, we need these voices. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's yeah. just like, how did they understand? Ca- casting like, for voice acting is just so impressive. Exactly. Right? That's what I mean. Like, it's just, for you to be like, okay, you're good for this part, but we need somebody to do these this part. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Um. Okay, yeah, so... Uh, Zimmer, uh, as he was like composing the score, so he supplemented the score with a lot of traditional African music and choir elements um, that were all arranged by Librohang Morake. Um, so I'll talk about him in a second. But the interesting thing, so Zimmer was originally selected for this project because of his work on two films, The Power of One and A World Apart, which were both films with an African setting. And Liberang Morake also worked on The Power of One, which is where he and Zimmer met. And that's why he recommended him for this film, which I thought was really cool. I also believe The Power of One is like the parentheses name of uh pokemon movie 2000 it's like pokemon movie 2000 the power of one is what my brain went to amazing fine um (laughs) so yeah mark mancina um so he uh helped with like the arrangements and the song production um he was also on moana the uh he worked on the composition for that Mm -hmm. um and then the so the soundtrack was released like with the film 
but then all of the like actual compositions like the score and everything that wasn't released uh, until later but it also this movie also inspired the 1995 release of Rhythm of the Pride Lands uh, which was an album with eight songs written by Zimmer Mancina and Lebo M together uh, so I thought that was really cool that they kind of collaborated on that yeah. Um, and so Lebo himself, he has a few interesting fun facts. So he um, is a South African producer and composer. Um, and interestingly enough, so he originally didn't have any like formal musical training, but he left school at nine to start performing music in like nightclubs and then recorded his first single at 13. Wow. And then, um, yeah, he went to um, a, a city called Maseru, which was under apartheid at the time. So he was like under exile, but he was like working. He managed to get work as like a singer at a hotel uh, wow. called like the Victoria Hotel, at which he was noticed by the South African ambassador to the U.S., Tim Tehane, who helped him apply to the Duke Ellington School of the Arts in the U.S. And that's like how he got into his actual like career. And I'm just like, God damn, kid. Like that, Incredible. that's a hell of an origin story. Um, yeah. So yeah, so he uh, he then like worked his way up through uh, through Hollywood. He did a lot of different like choir, like African choir work and stuff like that. Uh, whenever that was required, um, he actually is the one who wrote and sang the opening Zulu chant of the movie, um, and he has actually contributed to every Lion King um, that's that's come out. So like one one and a half, two, uh, and the Timon and Pumbaa like specific movies. Um, so I thought that was really really cool. That was really cool. Yeah. Okay. So now, mm -hmm. so for now. my wonderful, lovely, beautiful, soon bride-to-be sister, Campbell, what shall we be serenading her with? Well, I will be playing the clarinet, and Raven will be playing the violin, and we will be playing an arrangement of I Just Can't Wait to Be King. Mm. Love it. Okay, be right back. Burp. Hey everyone, in addition to our other nonprofit partners, I would like to do a quick plug for the Dodario Foundation. The Dodario Foundation is a nonprofit grant making organization that provides monetary and product support to high quality music instruction programs on the front line to improve access to music education. And every single cent raised goes directly to getting kids involved in community music programs, acquiring and maintaining instruments, providing college scholarships, and supporting new innovations in music education across 41 U.S. states and 180 cities. They accept monetary donations, of course, but also instruments. So if you have an old instrument that you no longer use, please consider donating it to the Dodario Foundation, where they can get it into the hands of a student in need. However you're able to contribute, you can go to dodariofoundation.org slash about slash donate. That is Dodario Foundation, D-A-D-D-A-R-I-O, foundation.org slash about slash donate. Now please enjoy the sultry sounds of me and Campbell destroying music. Yeah, okay. I can physically That's great. do it. <laughs> okay, but also, wait, can you hear me? Because I took my beautiful phone out. And it yeah, we can hear you. So, y'all, I know I've got my mic on. Like, the million times tonight. But have y'all watched Bridgerton? Yes. No, I haven't. Not yet. My goodness. So, like, I think 
feel like, you know, I know you have your jobs or whatever. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I also feel like, yo, like Bridgerton, they be playing like, like legit, like current music, but like. Oh, that's cool. But like, and like orchestrally. Yeah. Yes. So they like, actually it... pulled that from Jess. Have you ever seen the show Rain? It used to be on CW. No. R e i g n. Westworld used did the same, I believe. Yeah. Westworld so it, it did do the same thing. Yeah. It no, follows I a similar Westworld. similar period. Well, fifteen hundreds. But it follows Mary Queen of Scots. But they do the same thing where like whenever there's a ball or something like that, there'll be like a string quartet. They'll be playing like yes. a quartet version of like Royals by Lord or something like that. You know what I mean? And I'm just saying, like, y'all are legit. Like, I just feel like, why not try out for it? I mean, like I said, like, y'all have your jobs. But (laughs) this is like the nicest feedback we have ever gotten. Right? (laughs) But I'm just saying, like, that's the vibe I get from y'all. Like, like, um, Bridgerton, they be playing, like, Cardi B. They be playing, like, Meg. They be playing, like, you know, like current music, like Beyonce, they be playing like current music, but just you know, in orchestra form. Like they just like yeah. it's just instrumental, and and I'm really into like orchestra. Like I like I love going to. I haven't been in like a while, but I love going to like operas and like symphonies mm-hmm. oh, and like different yeah. things like that. Yeah. Because like the music just like overtakes you. Like it's just people don't understand how much music has an effect and impact on people's lives like and so i'm just saying when y'all be doing the instrumentals like it's legit like i be like even this little practice that y'all did like i was like look i pulled the lyrics like i'm about i'm about to sing i can't even sing i'm about about to be like i'm gonna be a mighty king like listen like y'all ain't like it's just it's just crazy and that's what y'all do like you know what i mean it's just when i see when i watch shows like bridgerton that brings like current music into like a 17 1800s theme it's like what that's crazy yeah I I, I do love um, orchestral versions of music because of like pop music and stuff because I feel like so often classical music and orchestral music and stuff like that is so often sequestered to like the elites of society yes. and like it has been for a really long time it's just like one music is music and music should music. be accessible to the people Thank and it's just you. like and like there's no reason that like someone who like there's no reason that like you have to grow up in a certain background to be into exactly violin, you know yeah. what i mean there's like there's no, no reason, reason that you can't play whatever music you want on and, the in all honesty like yes like you know, we grew up in a musical household, but we weren't like oh, yeah. wealthy. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like we were like high society. But <laughs> it's just like it's just like when I was watching that show, I'm just like that is so like enlightening. Like it's so you know, heartwarming to know that they still have people that are so into instruments that they were able to find people mm-hmm. to come together and do like an orchestra version of like 
current songs. Yeah. Like, and yeah. not just like, yeah. it's not just like, okay, so the singing part, like Beyonce yeah. singing here is not going to be one single violin. It's exactly. a composition. It's, it's a composition. Yeah. Like, exactly. Like, they were able to find, like, people to, like, play these instruments and for us to be like, that's Lady Gaga. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. like, that's John Legend. That's whoever. Like, what? And, yeah. and, I, and I was always one of those people that was like, when I have children, I would never force them to do A, B, and C. But I, I hope my children are, in, are into instruments. Like, because yeah. that's something I just feel like should not die. Like, that should not be something that fades away in our society. Like, it's such a good skill to have. It's so, like, I want, I have been looking at, like, symphonies and, like, just, operas and all the other stuff because I love watching these people. I love seeing people perfect their art. Like that's a thing yeah. that I'm just obsessed with. Like people perfecting their art. It's like what? Like yeah. you stuck with this from the age of five and you're like a grown person and this is like something that you like really stuck with like you perfected like you mastered it and that is yeah. so impressive like it's so and it makes me sad that I didn't stick with like playing the piano because yeah. I'm, I wish I could be called upon and be like hey we need somebody to play the piano at this gig or whatever you know what I mean like a, I don't know it's just I'm so impressed by you guys like I don't even know if you understand like it's it's amazing that you guys do this. I love it. Yeah, I think that's that's actually a big part of like why we do this because like something that we've talked about before is like we have so many friends, especially being in STEM, we have a ton of friends who like played uh, a musical instrument as a child, but then like either just through interest or just through like not having like continual access to music education and stuff like exactly. that. Exactly. Like, got away from it. And like one of uh one of Campbell's grad school friends um who played with us on Moana, she like played the flute in like elementary school but basically hadn't picked up a flute in like years. You know? And it's just like it's so that's been one it's of the never too late things. to pick that instrument it, up again. Yeah. And that's it's been one never of the coolest things is just being able to talk to people about that experience. Because the fact is, like, because you have to take private lessons for piano. Oh which yeah, is a whole other lessons. And it's just like we have a keyboard in the house, and I know I can read sheet music, like not like basic, like I can read basic sheet music, and it's just the fact that like I did it through elementary, middle, high school, you know, even some of college, like, but like. I don't know. Like, I just, I wish I stuck with it. Like, I wish I just yeah. could have found, like, something to, like, keep it going. Cause to that motivate. Was my talent. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, when I was a debutante, that was my talent. My talent that was, was your piano. talent. And I loved it. Like, I, lo I really did enjoy playing the piano. And I just, I just hope that when I have kids, like, they're into, like, playing instruments. I would hate for this to be a dying art like i would hate for it yeah. to like go away you know what i mean like yeah. it's just so beautiful it's such that's a beautiful... why organizations like education through music and such are like so yeah. important exactly like it's yeah. so 
beautiful. It's such a beautiful talent to have. And I'm not going to say I'm going to force it on my kids, but I'm definitely going to be like, hey. Strongly wanna... encourage. <laughs> right. Strongly encourage. Be like, I did this. Your aunt did this. <laughs> right. Your aunt. Your, oh, I your will be aunt. right there handing your kids a violin, handing them a cello and be like, play, bitch. <laughs> I'm about to say, your aunt, your aunties the bass and the cello and the violin and the piano and the drums and the guitar like pick them <laughs> yeah. yeah you ready raven i think i'm ready i just I think, played okay, i played just... through or plucked through to the key change and i think i'm ready cool let's just do it the whole thing yeah to the key it? change yeah yeah fuck it Ooh. fuck it we'll okay. do it live <laughs> okay, let's go. Got the lyrics up right. and everything. One, two, one, two, three, four. Holy shit! I just Raven, did that. You crushed it. You just did. You crushed it. Oh yeah. my god! There was there yeah. was a couple measures where I actually played a B flat instead of a B natural, but like, I crushed that. No, B flat, yeah. be natural, be you, Raven. Uh, be you. Yes, Campbell, thank you. Thank you. Honestly, that was I just so feel, fun. I, I feel good about this playing. Everything else is the same. Right? I feel I, I, so good. I think we got it. I think I think we got it. I think we crushed it. I think I think that's the take. Uh, and I actually, I did okay counting rests, I think. Yes, you did. I really, really tried. <laughs> Uh, that was so much fun. Jess, I'm glad that that's the song that you picked. That, that was really fun to play. Because I feel like, like the cliche song would have been like Circle of Life or... Or Can You, you Feel know, the Love Tonight? Or Can You, you know? Feel the Love Tonight? Or Hakuna Matata. Yeah. Yes, but like I can't wait this to be king. Like that's always the been the one. Bop. Yes. Everybody yeah. look left. Everybody look right. Everybody so good. look on. But uh, question for everyone: yes. How would you rate this musical on a scale of one to ten? Oh. Ten. Ten being the best, definitely. A 10. <laughs> yeah. And I don't like musicals. Like it was so funny <laughs> that Raven told me that you all had a podcast on musicals because everybody in my life knows I'm not a musical person. Like I do not like musicals. Like. I don't, or I, I just don't have an appreciation for it. I don't have an appreciation for, like, you bust out of a song and whatever argument. Like, no, stop singing. Like, I'm talking to you. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It's just musicals don't make yeah. sense to me. Yeah. yeah. No, and I get that. Feel- and a lot of people, a lot of people feel that way. Um, I think I would rate this musical. Where are you going? I feel okay. like I can't give it a 10. I don't know if I have the words to explain why, mm-hmm. but I feel like mm-hmm. I can't give it a 10. My heart is saying like an 8 out of 10. I was thinking... Wait, what's the 8 out of 10? Lion King. Lion King. My rating, my rating for I was, I was feeling 8 or 9. I think I'm going to go with a 9 because I Campbell, feel like... This is only like the third or fourth time that we've ever... Out of 50 okay, episodes. Okay, okay, okay. Can I ask a question? Like, what's the rating... Like, in all honesty, like I'm not being ironic or sarcastic or whatever, mm-hmm. but like, what's the rating? Because honestly, it's entirely Lion... personal. Oh uh, yeah, just completely subjective. It's not the based Lion on anything. King, the Lion King 
always going to be whatever scale. It doesn't matter what it is. It's, it's just top of the top. For you. No, Jess, it's, it's, just... it's completely subjective. Like every, oh, okay. like I don't oh, even, yeah. I don't even do like, it's not even like, oh, it's an eight out of 10 because such and such was a nine. And this can't, it's not even that. It's just like my heart of hearts is telling me. Yeah. For <laughs> me, the Lion King is always going to be top tier. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. For me, I, I did... would say it's like a nine because like it's mm-hmm. great, but like some of the songs there's only like five songs in it and I just yeah, want it's not that more. song heavy. Yeah. So I just like But I'm the just... songs are legit. No, they are. Like, and I just want more of it. And I'm mad about that, so I'm gonna deduct a point because I'm petty. Yeah, it's it's because you, <gasps> oh, you, you have Hans Zimmer. You have Hans Zimmer, Elton John. Tim Rice, Mark Mancina, you're really telling me y'all could only give me five songs plus the morning yeah. report, but, which was but added that's later. The point. But to yeah. me, but to me that's the point. Like it's just like you guys are getting gold right now, so be happy. Like to <laughs> me, that's the like that's the point. It's like the point is is that like we could give you more, but why? Like, that's you know fair. what I mean? It's just like we gave you gold when you deserved gold, like in moments that deserved gold. Like, I will say, I... like the the score of this movie, Incredible. I think is honestly because it's Hans, it's Hans fucking Zimmer. Um, I think the score of this movie does, to an extent, make up for what I perceive as a lack of songs, um, because but it, because it's like the score is. The score in this movie, and I've talked about this in other films before that we've done, the score in this movie is so illustrative. Like, it tells the story on its own, and then you just have the actual story on top of that. You know what I mean? But I feel like with each of the scenes, even if you just heard the music, you would be able to say, oh, this is like a chase scene. Like a character is running yeah. for their life right now. Or yeah. like, oh, a character just died in this scene. Yeah. And, and to me, like the ability of music and a composer to be able to yeah. literally tell you what's happening in the story without words is like, that is an amazing talent that I... exactly. Yeah. And it was just like all the songs to, to me, it spoke to me. Like, yeah, you know, it was just I don't know. Like, I just feel like I hear what y'all are saying. Like, <laughs> it's still a ten out of ten for you. <laughs> it's still a ten out of ten for me because it. First of all, it's one of the first Disney movies that I watched that was like not America. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. It or wasn't, Europe. It wasn't you know? Europe. It wasn't colonized. It was just like Africa. Like, yeah. it wasn't like, you know what I mean? And then, and then for me to, to understand my background and like Raymond knows, like, we grew up in a very white pro, I mean, <laughs> but we grew up in a very pro black household in a very oh, yes. white community. Yes. So, it was just like to see the Lion King, even though it was animals, it's just like this it had taken place in France or England or you know, and it's not anything against those like first of all, I love those movies, okay? Like I yeah. mm-hmm. okay, Beauty and the Beast, I'm out for y'all. Like I love it. <laughs> like 
it's just, but also it's just, this is one of the movies that was kind of more like, oh, okay, these are my ancestors. These are the people that I learned about. These are the people, this comes from a land that like I know, that like yeah. my family has come from, so to speak. And and then it was like all the songs were just amazing. All the songs were bangers. Like there was just like not one song that I was just like, ew. Yeah. And then it was just I just feel like I related to everything that happened. Besides yeah. the fact, you know, the father passing away, because clearly, you know, I'm not clearly, but I'm just saying like, I still have my father. So yeah. it's like, but I understand like the whole like disciplinary thing. I understand the whole like wanting to be more, wanting to be better, wanting to grow up, wanting to do something in your life. Like, and then also repressing feelings. Like, I understand everything that happened in this movie. It's like, it it resonated with me. And even though I love princess movies, like, I love princess movies. Like, I love Princess and the Frog. I love Snow White. I love Cinderella. I love all those movies. It's just, the women had their own strength, but at the same time, yeah. it's like, it's like, there's a movie out there that just like shows that women are in charge, you know. Like, yeah. there's a matri a matriarchy that is in charge that can. And that's it's the it's, thing. it's not is a that, movie like... about the women overcoming like a certain weakness. Yeah, yes. it's like no, no, no. It's inherent they, strength they that's just respected, exactly. and that's the environment. That's, that's just the established. It's not like. Oh, you kidnapped me! Now I can overcome you. Like I know my. It's like strength. no, I'm gonna eat your friends. It's like, like that's great. no, like dude, like you better watch out because right now I'm doing you a favor. By I'm still you kicking pay. your ass all these years later. And that's and that's the thing that I, like, I really like because exactly. for me, especially watching it now, the thing that I love about Lion King is just the simple act of being able to see. A entirely different geography. Yeah. Like for so yeah. long, exactly. it's like so many animated movies, again, are like Eurocentric and Western civilization centric. Yes. And again, like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, those are still people's There's nothing stories. wrong with that. Like, but I'm not like, against that. Like, seeing just like the trees, the foliage, the, the animals, exactly. the landscape, it's just different. It's an entirely like, different we're land. Seeing, the fruits we're are different. seeing more than just like squirrels and Bluebirds yeah. and bunnies. We're seeing we're hearing how zebras, zebras and... actually sound. Actually yes. sound. They don't like, sound like horses. We're seeing and it's warthogs. Like... We're seeing meerkats. We're seeing all yes. these animals and all this and, and like this whole rich. environment that we're not used to seeing. And yeah. I know there's like a big thing in like movies where they're just like, oh, every time a black movie, like they turn to an alien or a frog or whatever. Yeah, and black it, people but, aren't allowed to be in black bodies very often yeah. in movies, but yeah. that's, yeah. But I mean, but at the <laughs> same time, it's just like, <laughs> that's the conversation. And I'm not trying to get into that right now. It's yeah. just the fact <laughs> that like we see a different environment other than like little villas and little like yeah. markets and. And people These, like, just like twenty castles. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's just different. And it and it really like stuck with me. Like and then to be to grow up in the household I grew up in, like my you know it not saying that everybody grew up this way, but I know for a fact like my mother made sure to know that we 
came from something else other than what we are right now. Like yeah. we we have a history, mm-hmm. we have an ancestry that's not like America. Like, and then just watch that in the movie, it was just like wow. Like okay, I see what she's talking about. So I don't know. This like the the Lion King was just like what, and I will applaud Disney. Like. You know, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to, like, give them an out. Because they definitely could have done more. They definitely could have done differently. But mm-hmm. it's just, in 1994, yeah. like, to have a movie based in Africa, like, after everything that, like, people knew of Disney, after everything, like, people experienced with Disney, like, what, like, the only black representation we had before that was, like, what, like, the crows and Dumbo, like, yep. <laughs> like or the one just, dude singing Zippity Doodah. Yeah, yes. Oh, like it was just so like it's just like for you to yes. Like it's just for you to clearly be in Africa, even though it was animals. It's like you still included culture. Like you still included things, and it's just like and I mean obviously you like you, know, you did like you did some type of research exactly, and like. And I don't, and I'm not going to speak to people that's like legit from Africa or like like second generation American like first generation American like I'm not going to speak to those people, but I will applaud and appreciate the fact that Disney reached into those things in that time period, yeah. like during that time, because in 1994 and the early 90s, like. That was not the movies that were being produced. Like, yeah. we were, yeah. and not not produced for like white people to watch. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it wasn't. It was that wasn't the thing we were doing. It was like we were producing those movies, but it was mostly for black people. It was mostly for like, oh, like black people need to go watch those. But like, Disney knew white people go watch The Lion King, and yeah. they incorporated like incorporated like. African culture, yeah, and like these things. So I don't know. It's just you the Lion it. King will always be like top notch to me. Like it's yeah. always like my movie. Like I love it. I but like... really important question for you, Jasmine. Did you have fun tonight? Yes, always. <laughs> like what is yes. there? Is there anything you would like to promote? It can be like a mindset. It can be an ideology. It could be a thing you want to um, actually promote. I would just say to, it sounds cliche, but legit, always be yourself. Like, always be true to yourself. And and that's just to say, I have not been that person. Like, everybody that knows me knows I'm a very passive person. I'm very passive. I'm very adaptive. Like, I'm very oh, this is what you want me to do? Okay. But over my years, especially after, like, being an adult and, like, <laughs> paying bills, <laughs> it's like I've learned to truly be myself. Like, and even in this movie, like, even in The Lion King, like, you have to be true to yourself. You yeah. have to you have to respect where you come from. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter where you come from. Like, nobody should feel bad. Like, just because you grew... If you grew up in a wealthy household, don't feel bad for that. Like, that's how you grew up. But just be true to yourself. Like, if you grew up poor, you grew up poor. Like, you grew up in a 
in whatever way you grew up, like, just be true to yourself. Don't try to be something that you're not. And and also, just take the time to grow up. Yeah. Like, Facts. That's that's a good one. Don't like don't rush, rush anything. it. Oh. Do yeah. not rush it. And and I will I will say this. Even though I always considered myself the third parent in the house, I will say that having two younger siblings made me grow up slower. Like it made me appreciate youth because mm-hmm. I felt like. A lot of my childhood, I had to shield my. Even though I had, I had very smart younger siblings. Like they caught on to things that, even though I caught on to them, I didn't expect them to see it. Like, mm-hmm. but it was just the fact that when my younger siblings wanted to do something. I wouldn't be like, oh, I'm older now. I can't do that. It's like, no, like, I did it for them. Like, just appreciate your youth. Like, no. grow up slowly. Like, do not, do not accelerate your growth. Because the fact is, when you're 30 and you're paying bills and you're getting married and you're trying to figure out your life, you're going to look back and be like, dang, like, I wish I would have taken this time. And the fact is, I did. Like, I took the time to, like, the one thing that, the one thing that broke my heart, and I don't remember if it was Raven or Wanda that said this, but I remember I was, like, in high school, and one of you, I don't know who it was, but y'all was just like, you don't play with us anymore. Like, you're always out with your friends and you don't play with us anymore. And that broke my heart. (laughs) Like, I was just like, what? Like, and I'm about to cry now. Like, it really did break my heart because it's like, I don't want y'all to think like that. I don't want y'all to think I don't have time for you. Like, I don't want you to think that I don't want to be around. It's just my whole life I've been forced to grow up. Like I've been forced to be an adult. Yeah. And it's just for y'all to come and say that to me, for y'all to come and be like, and to notice that and to be like, you don't play with us anymore. It's just like, well, you know what? Screw everything else. Like you all are what matter to me. Like you all are what's my, of my heart. Like I'm going to, play with you like I'm going to be that older sister you want me to be and that's will be my advertising for tonight it's just like take your time like whatever any anybody else that you don't listen to everybody don't listen to society if you are 20 years old and you have and you feel like you're not ready don't be ready like take your time because the fact is once you become an adult like that's you're not getting that time back you're not getting that and time back. you have no back. idea what you're going to learn as you grow through that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, so don't that's... don't grow up too fast. Like, you know, I was talking about this with my friend, uh, like, yesterday. And we were talking about, like, how we had... Raven, you remember that school that we had for, like, bad kids and pregnant girls? Like... Renaissance Academy. Right. Thank you. Oh, New okay. I could... 
Yes, I could not remember the name at all. But it's just one of those that, but that goes to show you, like, don't like just take your time being a child. And yeah. and and I hope that we're of a generation that allows our children to, to do be that. Child. Because we to were be not kids. allowed to do that. We were not allowed to be children. Like we were getting punished for things that kids do and we weren't allowed to do that. Like we weren't yeah. allowed to be children. And it's just like I that's my number one thing. Like, be kids, be children. Like, make mistakes. Like, get yes. messy, Ms. Frizzle. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. My hair is so soft Ex- right now, and I love it. Exactly. It's just. Yeah, that's the, you have that's the a... rest of your. You have the rest of your life to be grown. You have the rest of your life to be an adult. Yeah. And don't don't quicken it. And I don't feel like I did. I feel like I stayed a child as long as I could. Because I didn't want to be an adult. When I when I became when I became aware of what my parents were going through was was at a young age. Like my dad at a very young age, my dad made me aware of what they experienced as adults. It yeah. was just like I don't want to do that. Like I don't want to be a part of that. And I felt like I tried to stay a child as long as I could. As long as they had let me. And it's yeah. just don't yeah. Yeah. Don't. Yeah, I think that that definitely that definitely makes sense. That's definitely really good advice because I feel like so many people are so focused on like where they need to associate that with like freedom and responsibility and and success and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's a great thing to promote. Yeah. Uh, And and I'm just saying, like, it takes time. Like, I tell people all the time, like, if you have a goal, stick to that goal. Okay, yeah. I graduated school. I graduated undergrad in 2013. My plan was to go to my officer school for the military and then go to law school. That didn't happen. I waited almost nine years to get accepted and admitted into a law school. Like, stick to your goal. Yeah. Don't grow up too fast, but also stick to your goal. The first, second, third, fourth, fifth rejection, denial you get, whatever. Like, it's going to hurt. It's going to sting. But suck it up and push past it. Yeah. Like, what? I've had had plenty of friends that went to law school right after undergrad. And I didn't have the opportunity. I had to do the military thing first. I had to do whatever. Yeah. Like... Just stick to your goal. Stick to your goal. Don't give up. And also don't grow up too fast. Yeah. For sure. Um, Campbell. Yes, Raven. One last question. Hmm? Where can you find us? Well, if you're listening to this podcast, you already did. But if you, and we hope you do, share this with literally every person you've ever met in your entire life, you can do so by... Checking us out wherever podcasts are found. So that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pandora. Literally anywhere that you can like listen to a podcast, we are there. And if you listen to us and you like us, which we hope you do, you can do a few things. The like easiest way to support and like spread what we're trying to do with music education is by rating us favorably, five stars, or liking, following us on these different podcast platforms. 
Um, how if you don't think we are like, you know, there's things we can do better. Let us know. You can email us at boozicals, B-O-O-Z-I-C-L-A-L-S at gmail.com. Or follow us and DM us at Instagram at boozicals. Also, I add some fun Photoshop pictures of us in musicals and hey. share some f- fun info and recipes. Um, yeah, you can do that. Amazing. Love it. And uh, so that... the only thing left is to say bye-bye. See ya. Bye. <laughs>